Scared Stupid. Ho, 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 hello, all my funky fiends. I hope everybody out there is having a scary little Christmas. It is our December episode. It is time for Yule, Christmas, uh, and other holidays like Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Yeah, those are, I think that's it. The See, trifecta. I tried to Chris, Christmas, Kwanzaa, and Hanukkah. Yeah, those are the three big ones. And then those dirty pagans. <laughs> um, yeah. Yule. Yule. That's what I'm celebrating this year. Do you really know? It used to be called Saturnella, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, where, oh. that's where Santa comes from, so. Yeah, San- Santernella. Citronella yeah. candles. That's also where that comes from. <laughs> that's where- Keep the parasites away. <laughs> they were a much bigger problem back then. That's true, yeah. Yeah, because one of those bites you and you get polio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's over. A lot of kids were asking to keep those away for Christmas. So yeah. <laughs> that's where Santa came from. Please, these killer mosquitoes. The citronella candle. The Black Death, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, so we are here for our December episode. And in December, Terry, we were lucky enough to be graced with with a Friday the 13th. That's always fun. And we took full advantage of it. Sure did. We had our dear friend Cody Huskins who you'll be hearing an interview from uh, in just a little while come down. He is one of the world's top Jason Voorhees cosplayers. Yeah, and uh, I just got to see it in person and I believe it, man. He's great. Yeah, he is movie quality 100%. Yeah. Uh, we had actually children, a lot of children were showing up to have their picture. To, uh, people, <laughs> the kids wanted to come meet Jason more than they yeah. wanted to meet Santa. Right, I was like, you didn't say it was Santa, right, Chris? <laughs> like, they, they know it's, it's a guy half burned. <laughs> The one little girl, though, I felt terrible for her. <laughs> she came so pumped up and excited for Jason Voorhees. And right. then I cranked on the music. I was like, <laughs> maybe I'll make it more authentic and I'll play the theme song. Well, I think it was it was the whole situation because she had to wait like t- like 15 minutes because Cody was switching over to his other Jason. Yeah, he his, went to Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, which is a much more terrifying Jason. <laughs> yeah, than his part seven, his yeah, part eight. Because Jason Goes to Hell is like, skin burnt sabines out half the faces ripped off and it is super quality like realistic and um so she had to wait 15 minutes and then chris started playing the music as he started walking out of the uh the dressing room and she was terrified she was like this is real this is way too real i can't fuck, i can't fuck with this this got real way too quick we're and fucking out of here she wasn't having it she's like nope nope no nope. picture no picture anymore Mom got for a me. picture though mm-hmm. So they still had a little family. Yeah, she was dressed up like an elf, right? Yeah, and she, had the mask. and had the Jason Voorhees mask and on. I was like, as soon as the music, nah, fuck it. She's like, uh, uh-uh. they're like, you've been watching him all day on the TV, and she's like, not that one, <laughs> not like this. That's uh, not him. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so we uh, frightened children, but yeah. we also made a few kids' dreams come true. That's true. Yeah, they really enjoyed it. That's true. A few adults' dreams, too. Yeah, a few adults' dreams. They came down. Even my mom came down. That's what's up. (laughs) Yeah, my mom had her picture taken with Jason. Yeah. She's a wild one, man. (laughs) But yeah, shout out to Cody Huskins. Like... So, so much detail it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy definitely one of the best in the country and you should see all the different looks that yeah. he does he's uh he's normally at creepy con mm-hmm. every year walking around i think this past year he did his part seven mm-hmm. there that's the one everybody normally wants with the big chain around his neck and right, right, everything right. else um, um but yeah he just posted a photo shoot of his jason goes to hell and uh-huh looks like a movie man he's great 
He's trying. Have you seen the guy that does the Freddy cosplay really well? Yeah, probably. I can't remember his name, but Cody's been trying to get a hold of him uh-huh. to do like a Freddy versus Jason fan film. That'd be badass. Because the two of them look perfect. They're yeah. movie quality perfection. And Freddy vs. Jason, fantastic film. Yeah, that was a good. What was that? That was Jimothy Beckles' favorite horror movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he yeah. said it had both of them. <laughs> so. That's a that's a good answer. That's, that's one of the best. That's, that's solid logic. Yeah, yeah. it was like he's got both of them. So yeah. you know, I just have to come to one movie to see right everything I want to get double. <laughs> but that's the only only crossover we ever got. Yeah, so, that's we're lucky that even happened because half that stuff doesn't even happen because it's two separate studios. And mm-hmm. They all want a piece of the pie. No, I would love to see a cinematic unit as much as many cinematic universes that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that one. I feel like every year there's an Ash versus whatever rumored. Right. Like, yeah, they're gonna put Ash against whoever. And I remember after Freddy versus Jason came out. There was a hard rumor, and I think some development of Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Oh. Which would have been sweet. As long as they brought it in, like, you know, Ash coming in to help kids or something. Right. Help, help like, the kids that are getting terrorized or something. Like, yeah. That would make sense. He would be, like, the harbinger or, like, uh, like, uh, uh, like Loomis was. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. He would, see, that would be cool. I've never even thought yeah. of him, but I would like that a lot. Like a Loomis for Freddy and Jason. Yes. <laughs> That'd be sweet. But obviously more magic because he'd be like a necromancer or whatever. Yeah. Reading the book and stuff, he'd have magic and yeah. See, sweet. It would just be a good time. Like Hollywood, get on it. Yeah. And for the love of God, put Tom Woodruff Jr. in the Pumpkinhead reboot. What is wrong with you? I forgot. We haven't talked about that on here yet. Yeah. No. Right? Yeah. There's a Pumpkinhead reboot coming out. Yeah. And a Tremors reboot. Nice. And is it a reboot? Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. I'm pretty sure. And well, they just got done <clears throat> filming like part eight. Because, you know, they've been doing, like... Right. And they just did part eight with that... What's the guy, the the side guy there that does all of them now? Um, the guy with the mustache. He yeah, was like the second, Bert. Yeah, Bert. One, yeah. Bert's in it. It's, this one's got Richard Brake in it. Oh, really? The new one that's coming out? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's what's up. So, you know, Foxy from Three From Hell. <laughs> right, the Night King, bro. Yeah, the Night King from uh, Game of Thrones. I literally didn't know he's the Night King until you told me. Yeah. I was like, really? Yeah, dude. That's crazy. Richard Brake is a phenomenal actor. For and sure. But... Neither of those films included Tom Woodruff Jr. That's true. He's the one that created both of those monsters. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's Hollywood for you. They're just like, thanks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, them, the producers are like, you got his paycheck. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Well, all right, fine. <laughs> like, I feel like he brought more to the monster than just making it but okay that's cool well, too you know how producers are yeah <laughs> doing blow in their ivory towers terry shh, don't give your secrets away uh, film producers rich <laughs> rich film producers it's different for this producers and audio actually have to do work it's a right whole, it's a whole different meaning because like producers when rap music it's someone who makes the beats exactly Where a producer in a film is just the guy that has all the money and says you're gonna have to do it that way right all the money uh-huh. So producers have many different terms. It's just where you fall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do blow anymore. I don't do blow in my ivory tower anymore. <laughs> I have no ivory tower. I have an office space. We're having a Christmas party. Yeah. It's Christmas party day. See, that's yeah. the best thing about Christmas time. You get to come together with all your friends and yeah. do spooky stuff. I don't know if everybody does spooky stuff. That's I'm just... sure they do. A lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Anymore, I'm not surprised to see more and more people that are into like the spooky Christmas. That's true. They really are trying to, like, make it go all year. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the people that have, like, Sally from Nightmare, on Elm, Nightmare Before Christmas tattooed on their thigh. Right. <laughs> like, oh, no, yeah, they were, a lot of people went really hard on Spooky Christmas this year. Yeah, and like, I'm, I'm yeah. all about it. I like it. I like it. And for yeah. once, I actually, like, I just have a normal 
Christmas tree. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe it's just because like the world we're living in today. It's mm-hmm. just like <laughs> everybody's like they want to get scared about something that's not on the news. <laughs> yeah, they just. Want- <laughs> They're like, we're going to have spooky Christmas this year. <laughs> Fuck it. Just screw it. I'm going to put a Santa Claus hat on my skeleton. <laughs> Everyone's poor. They can't afford gifts. But spooky Christmas, you don't need gifts. Yeah, you don't need Christmas. You don't need, you don't need Just need drugs and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> it's the spooky Christmas. Spooky Christmas. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time. So speaking of monsters. Okay. I think, Terry, uh, you know what it's time for? Nope. The most wonderful segment of the year. <gasps> there it is. Do you know what that is, Terry? A fucking were tiger. The mythical monster of the month. It's good, but it's not a were tiger this oh, time. Okay. I actually have brought four, four mythical monsters this month. Jesus. Yeah. Have you seen? All right, I gotta mention this because we mentioned the werewolf. Have you seen The Witcher yet? Yes, you have, uh-huh. dude. Werewolf, uh, Silvernux, right? That's badass. Yes. Dude. Okay. I just yeah. had to mention that. I just no. saw them before we got yeah, here. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Witcher yet, definitely go check that out because <laughs> that's a spoiler. But dude, werewolf Silvernux. Yeah. And he beats people's asses with. It, it's awesome. <laughs> it's what's up. It's what the world needed. Like everybody was like, "Oh no, is The Witcher gonna be good? Is it gonna have all the side quests?" In it's it? getting a lot. Of, it's getting hammered by critics. Is it? Yeah. Fuck critics, man. Yeah. Except. Us. <laughs> we're, us. We're, we're very unbiased critics. We're nice to everybody. That's true. But that's because we appreciate it. Well, they're nice to us. Yeah, everybody's nice to us, so I'm not going to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> not every, never mind. <laughs> yeah, not every, yeah. Let's no. not do it twice in a row. We yeah. might get to interview him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mythical monster of the month. Ooh. Yeah, so we brought four of them because it's christmas right all the presents yeah i felt like everybody needs to be represented here yeah so all all the holidays yeah hanukkah Mm -hmm. christmas kwanzaa Kwanzaa, and goddamn pagans and the goddamn pagans (laughs) (laughs) we stole it all from them so let's talk about the most popular one here lately Mm -hmm. Krampus. Oh, well, that's the main one for yeah, Christmas. Everyone loves that one. Exactly. Uh, after, uh, when was that? 2016? Yeah, 15, the, 16. The Krampus movie. The Krampus movie that came out with all the comedians. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It was destined to be hilarious. Yeah, like, for there's, sure. There's no way it couldn't be hilarious. Like, yeah, they definitely it started to take a funny angle. Halfway, yeah. halfway through the movie, it turns funny. It does. And I don't know if that was on purpose I, or because the first half is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. With the Krampus out in the snow and shit. Uh-huh. And then it's like, it I don't know if they didn't get sillier. the sillier. They didn't get enough, They're like, dude, these gingerbread men look fucking stupid. We're just going to start cracking <laughs> We're jokes. We're just going to start cracking jokes. the jokes. only way. Like, I think, and I'm going to spoiler alert the end of the movie here, but okay. I think the end of it is my one of my favorite scenes where the little boy's like, please just give me my family back. And he tries to like hand Krampus the bell back. And there's like that really oh. somber moment where everything stops. And then he just starts going, <laughs> and he laughs, and the big rams like butt heads and fire shoots up. It's like I don't even remember every- that. Yeah, I remember. There's like a, a twist ending, right? right? Yeah, like a really dumb twist ending. Yeah, they're all like trapped in a snow, yeah, globe. snow globe. That's what I thought. Yeah, and I was like, that is really dumb. He like picks the kid up. He's like, fuck you too, and throws him down in a pit. And then they're all. But I don't understand why you had to add like 
I don't. Is that part? That's not part of the Krampus lore. Does he put people in snow globes? I, I never heard that. Yeah. But uh, all I know is he gathers children up in his sack and beats them with birch branches. And that's what I wanted to see. Is I yeah. wanted to see a Krampus legit like creature feature. Yeah. Of like just him terrorizing this house and like that's know. what it was supposed to be. But right. it really he didn't show up till yeah. later on. Yeah. He had like a whole posse. Like he yeah. Was, like, fucking low key. Like I don't, I don't know. It wasn't yeah. great. They tried to do too much. Got and too cute with it. Just get the Krampus. Get, get the some Krampus. people in the house. A blizzard and fucking put money into your monsters. <laughs> Stop. Stop oh. with all the CGI. Put they, money into your monsters. That's a good point. You think they were just like halfway through? They're like, we're just gonna CGI a bunch of random things because we can't afford to make Krampus look cool. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> like the like the the angel puppet baby doll thing. That was creepy. You looked yeah. like you used a legit prop for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, your gingerbread men and all that <laughs> shit. That looked like like that made it look ridiculous. Well, that's the gingerbread men were. Uh, comedy like most yeah. of their scenes were just uh being comedic and being exactly. silly so 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 krampus is such a is so much cooler in his germanic folklore right. than that movie gave props to right. i know there's like a dutch movie about the krampus that people recommend all the time i haven't seen it though but really check it out yeah krampus, krampus. and what is the holiday krampus what Krampuschnaut? What is that? Where Krampuses in Germany like walk down? There's like a Krampus parade oh, in really? Germany where they go down and they'll like come to your door and knock on your door and steal your children. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, dude. No, they don't actually steal your children. I mean, they'll like give them back, but they'll like. Take... And that's like a tradition. Yeah, like, it's just like ah oh, ha ha. They yeah. took the kids. They took the kids. Look they'll at that. Back. We'll go get them later. Like fucking Germans, dude. <laughs> They don't care. They're like, it's fine. Nobody's doing anything weird. We should have nuked them instead. (laughs) (laughs) They're allowed to do this shit. (laughs) So, well, I know the Dutch have a Krampus festival. Yeah. And what, I forget what the, there's that other thing that comes with the Krampus, like something Pete, and it's like, but it's just a bunch of Dutch people in blackface. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't do that here. We don't. (laughs) No, I know, but it's just like. I just I just remember that being in that foreign Dutch movie, and that's like, yeah. and that's apparently like their tradition, is right? Like, and they're like, leave us alone about it. Like, just leave us alone about it. This look, is what we do. Look, in Germany, they steal kids here. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> so put on blackface. <laughs> I think like the father has to try to wrestle Krampus. Like, oh geez. you have to like try to stop Krampus from taking your child. Jesus, and, those Germans are crazy. Dude. Yeah, they're just like, or maybe it's Austria. Maybe it's like something in Russia. Like, yeah. prove you man. Prove your man. <laughs> I will take your younglest. Fucking make him a real man. <laughs> oh, jeez. Russian people are wild, man. man. That's shit. They just sat on top of their mountain, never left. <laughs> like, yeah, try to come up here. Just try it. Fucking die in the snow. Like them Germans <laughs> and Krampus. <laughs> so Krampus is numero uno on our mythical monster list this year, of this course. month. Next is someone that not many people have heard of. Okay. I don't feel like from Eastern Europe. Ooh, uh, I got to give props These to are Ashley. The Russians now we're getting closer. Yeah, now we are getting closer <laughs> to the Russians. This one, uh, my girlfriend told me about, so I got to give props to her because I didn't know who this was. But her name is Frau Berkta. Frau Berkta is the Christmas witch. Ooh, yeah. Frau Perkta comes from, like I said, Eastern Europe. Uh-huh. Her whole backstory is instead of like whipping bad children, uh-huh. she goes into their house and slits them open in the middle of the night and replaces their organs with garbage. What the fuck? <laughs> so, there's, there's also festivals. I'm never going to Europe, bro. Right, for any like, festival. We don't have any traditions like that. Like, 
Santa, he's super cool. He just brings you gifts and eats cookies. Yeah. Like, literally nothing here that terrorizes people. Well, she got made, like, really famous by uh, the old Brothers Grimm. Mm. She was, she's been around for forever, mm-hmm. but she really got uh, immortalized, yeah, by the Brothers Grimm. The movie? The uh... No, just back in the day oh, when they the were books? actually writing oh, okay. books. Yeah, 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 the actual Brothers Grimm. Oh, yeah, okay, I got you. So I think uh, 1882 Ooh. is when she shows up, and mm. um, yeah, her whole thing is yeah, if you're bad, and I don't feel like you live. I don't think you just like live with a uh, stomach yeah, full no. of garbage. I, don't I think, think that happens just, at all. And it's like straw and pebbles. Ugh. That's what they consider garbage. They're like, see, Santa just brings you coal. Yeah, but you don't get gifts. <laughs> They're like you're fucking dead. And yeah. Like no. This is, you're fucking, you're bad, you're dead. If you're bad here, you're this dead. Them Russians are crazy, man. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. So, that's number two. Frau Berkta. I'm terrifying. <laughs> I would say more terrifying than Krampus. Exactly, 100%. There's some Krampus legends where he doesn't kill the kids. He just beats the fuck out of them. He right? just beats you up. Like, I'll, I'll take a spanking I mean, over. there's a lot, of, a lot of lore where Krampus says murder the kids as well. But. Yeah. But that one's terrifying. Yeah, she just and there's a like a festival too with her. They like dress horse head skulls up. Oh, I've seen that. That's and been going g- viral. Yeah. yeah, they go to the doors. Is that stuff. what that's about? Okay. Yes, that's Frau Berkta. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've uh, yeah, they've that, like a uh, some article about that recently went viral. They're like, did you know in Eastern Europe? Yep. They just have skull horse heads. <laughs> <laughs> they knock on your door, and this is their tradition. That's exactly 100%. 100% Frau Perkta. Terrifying. I don't know how we won that war, man. Yeah, I don't either, man. Europeans are crazy. <laughs> so number three, Terry, uh-huh. I'm going to ask you have, you, have you bought your family uh, nice new clothes for Christmas? We won't tell them. No. No? Well, they are in trouble for number three mm-hmm. of the Yule Cat. Uh-oh. The Yule Cat comes mm-hmm. from Iceland. Okay. And her its whole thing is it uh-huh. goes around and it'll just fucking eat children that didn't get nice new clothes for Christmas. So is it like a big cat? Yeah. Is it like a mountain lion? Yeah, like a huge cat. Oh, okay. Like bigger than a mountain lion. Well, see, that's deceiving. I was like, Yule cat? Oh, that's cute. Yeah, no. Like, no, no, it's a mountain lion Yule cat. Yeah, whole... And there's like a whole poem that goes along. You can, you guys can look it up. It's very long. Dude, we need to make like the Christmas Horror Avengers. Right? Be- <laughs> there's so many Christmas yeah. demons and monsters that I feel like it's a little like... Uh, do this, yeah, dude. We need to do like Christmas Horror Avengers. We'll get like the good guys, Santa, yes, L, all that it's Frosty. Yeah, Frosty. You get all the good guys, and then all these fucking terrifying motherfuckers like the Grinch <laughs> and Krampus and Frau Berta and the fucking Yule Cat. Yeah, dude. That's, that just doesn't like people who are poor. Up here, like, I'm about to hit up Tom Woodruff, dude. That's yeah, a million dollar like idea. We need. Yes, you can make all the costumes. TWJ, we won't, and we won't kick you out. No, nah, dude. We'll make you producer and everything forever. <laughs> Forever and ever. Yeah. So we've got Krampus, Frau Berkta, and the Yule Cat. Okay, our Avengers are almost assembled. For the fourth and final, uh-huh. the Belschnickel. The Belschnickel. <laughs> okay. Which is the fictional Christmas demon from uh, the hit TV show, The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I, did not, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. The Belschnickel. The Belschnickel, uh, he comes to town uh, uh-huh. with gift bowls. Uh-huh. And uh, judges your year and decides if you've been impish or admirable. Okay. And if okay. you've been admirable, you get a gift. And if you don't, you get smacked with a birch branch. 
Kind of mm. like like a less intense Krampus. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Sounds like something Michael Scott came up with. That's uh, Dwight. Oh, Dwight. Oh, that yeah, sense. Dwight yeah. Schrute. Of course. From his olden ways yeah. of Debelschnickel. <laughs> <laughs> so, Goddamn pagan. That's our Howard the Duck, is the Belschnickel. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably get him, too. Yeah. We'll get him just to play. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Rain Wilson to be the Belschnickel. Hell yeah, dude. So... Krampus, Frau Perkta, the Yule Cat, and the Belschnickel. That's one big gift basket full of mythical monsters. Spooky. So go out, check out all these different uh, cryptids for yourself. And remember, as always, sponsoring the Mythical Monster of the Month, Otherworldly Coffee. Hell yeah, bro. Take home a cup of cryptid. I don't know if that's their... I don't think that's their slogan, but should be it should be. Better hit them up. We're about to become 50% partners, dude. That's right. <laughs> Take home a cup of cryptid. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's time to waken up. (laughs) Is the Bigfoot in your cup? (laughs) It's a Thunderbird. (laughs) So as promised, Terry, Uh Mr. Cody Huskins. Yes. We talked to him. We we got we we wrangled him away for just a second to be able to pick his brain and talk to him about his awesome Jason Voorhees cosplays. You know, if we didn't do this interview, that kid might have got a picture. (laughs) Yeah, there's a good (laughs) 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 He was because during that 15-minute interview, he could have been getting ready, but sorry, kid. Yeah, he was way <laughs> less terrifying. Well, he was still pretty terrifying, but it was like a yeah, less it's, intense. It's, it's less terrifying because he's got the mask. He's got the full mask, and it's not yeah broken in half and his face all cut up. Yeah. So he's got the full, complete mask there. He's got a few, few cuts bearing like blood and bones and stuff like that. A little bit. But it's more like just a big tarp. So, yeah. So, you know, he's wearing the uh, kind of the poncho type one yeah. in that one. And so it's it's a little less terrifying than right. just like dude like chunks of hair and like, he's, <laughs> he's full on burnt like dude Cody like I was looking at his hands and he's just got like there's like skin hanging off his like fake yeah. skin I was like you got to do that every time because I know like half that skin falls off oh like, yeah and he's just got like it's it's crazy it's crusty skin hanging off his yeah, I was like dude you got like that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> so here it is now our exclusive interview with Mr. Cody Huskins what's going on everybody signature finger point at the camera like everyone does yeah (laughs) i'm joined here with world-renowned cosplayer cody huskins cody here does the best listen to me the best jason Voorhees cosplay on the planet kane hotter himself has said that you are one of the best jasons he has you are the best jason he's ever seen he was impressed with my size i mean he was like oh you got the big build and broad shoulders and um how i did the heavy breathing and yeah and uh, he said you're the one of the few people that has the stance down right you know that's the thing because you got to be broad you got to be have good posture you can't be you know all right. hunched down and everything so See, that's something too that uh tom woodruff jr who did Pumpkinhead and gill man mm. he, he talked about when he does creatures it's not just about putting a costume on and walking around you you have to down to the walk you got to act within the inside the makeup and that's yes. what um kane hodder always talked about you know how you're actually how you move your head and everything you know mm-hmm. so you just can't just stand there like a mannequin you know so absolutely and as you can tell this is not a suit this is cody People accuse me of having shoulder pads on before, but no, nah, I don't. Yeah. So no, I, I can this tell you working out. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cody, how many looks of Jason's do you have completed and down? I got part two, three, uh, six, seven, eight, and going to show Jason goes to hell tonight. Whoa! So nobody's seen it. I'm not even seen it on me. 
Really? Yeah. So we're going to get so the first been, exclusive. I've seen piece by piece, but not all together. Right. So, so we get to see the culmination yeah. of it all come together. What is the most difficult look that you've gone for and done? Part seven. Actually, you know what? Probably Jason goes to hell. Yeah. Because I, I, it took me a lot longer to work on it. Like it's just the details in it. Seven was um, it was tough, but I think probably this one is. Yeah. It took two months almost every day. Holy cow! Yeah. And what kind of process goes into that? Like, do you, are you are you just buying a mask and putting it on, or are you going? piece by piece painting these things day in day out working on them painting them day in day i mean i get other artists to make i, I don't do rubber latex molds mm -hmm. i would like to get into it but i get other artists i've got brandon scott murphy and um i'm getting justin watson right now to do my part i'm doing redoing my part seven too by the way oh excellent so um other than that i'll sometimes get a mask and just um remodify it really yeah, so yeah, it'll be it'll be nothing, and then I'll make it into you know something. Right. So. And I've seen the work that you pull off, like the mask, and, and what kind of like trouble do you run into? Do you ever run into trouble with these things, like stuff falling apart on your? Oh brain? yeah, like um, you know, we was going to do the part three, and right. I had the the paint fall off the three. That happens, you know. Yeah. So with part seven, I've had you know different pieces fall off and. You want to have everything covered up that way, you know, you look as realistic as you can. Right. So No hands or anything showing yeah, out of exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. And I like that you pay that kind of attention to detail because do, yeah. a, a Jason cosplay, you know, it looks great. And then all of a sudden they got like bracelets and rings on well, and like they didn't even. It's just like, you know, something my dad said, because he's like all about detail. And so am I. He said he'll he'll see Jason say, it's too clean looking. Yeah. You know, it's and, true. you know, in the movies, they're all roughed up, dirtied up, just yeah. crawled out of the lake and everything. Jason and doesn't have a dry cleaner. No, <laughs> no. And, you know, it's just, I, I just, details it, you yeah. know. You want to you nail it, you know. And I mean, so. if, I, Terry, I don't know if you can, you see, can see, even that. just like, yeah, like even the rips in his shirt and the skin you see, this is like waterlogged, decaying skin and algae on his arm. That is, I mean, like you said, even on the back, like nothing is left undone. There's no part that he's thinking like, oh, well, nobody's going to see that part, so we don't have to worry about that. Heck no. This is professionalism at its finest. You look great. You look fantastic. What is your favorite look? Um, probably part seven. Yeah. Part seven is, and I can't wait to redo it and everything. So I'm always, that's another thing. As a cosplayer, you always want to try to keep better in yourself right. to look more and more realistic. And I think I like my part seven now, but I'm really wanting to change some different little things on it. That's just, the one just, goes just for. an upgrade really. So, right. That's, that's the one everybody likes of yours. The mm -hmm. most is your part. Seven. It is. Yeah. It, it's just, you, you got the big menacing this look. This has been a hit too with part eight. Absolutely. So, so. I know you did, you did this one at creepy con this I year, did. right? And I did it on the screen queen. Yes. On the screen yeah. queen competition mm -hmm. this year. There's that's what Doug Cox wanted me to do. Yeah. So. It's his favorite looks. Good old Doug Cox from over at Screamville Haunted Attraction. And Cody here, I, I believe there's actually a photo of you and me circling around on the internet of you choking yeah. the life out of me yeah. <laughs> at CreepyCon. That's actually on my featured photos Is on, it on Facebook. Of you and yeah. me. Yeah. I feel so special, Cody. Yeah. Thank you so you much. Are. I don't. I even wore, I don't know if you saw my hat. I, I just now noticed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep on camping. 
from our awesome sponsor Goblin Hoss. Oh yeah, I like um, that. Yeah, this the artist that he has named Old Creeps mm-hmm. is the artist's name that does this kind of work for him. Oh wow! But yeah, Goblin Hoss, go check out all the awesome stuff they have: patches galore, mm-hmm. hats, shirts, great stuff, Cody. Oh yeah, definitely. So you're putting this together. What what look did you start with? What was your very first one? Oh, Jason goes to hell. Just a cheap really? rubber mask. Yeah. I actually posted some pictures on my, um, I, I got um, two pages. Yes. My Huskins Horror Studios and the uh, man behind the mask. It's my Jason cosplay name. So yes. I posted some pictures like from early, like when was 2010 or 11. Really? And that was my first little Jason. That was it. Jason goes to hell. Yeah. So, and now years later, you've revamped it. You've actually put work into it, and now we're going to get to see that tonight, yeah. right? Yeah. So hopefully, we can come back here in a little bit. We'll take a look at Cody and his final outfit. But Cody, tell the people out there where can they find you? Where can they look for you? Where can they see you next? Okay, um, I'm on Facebook. Um, just Google or just Facebook Cody Huskins, and um, I got a Huskins Horror Studios. That's my nothing but horror page. And I got a cosplay Jason Facebook page called Man Behind the Mask. Yes. So cosplay, yeah. So. so you can find Cody at all these places. Cody Huskins, the Man Behind the Mask, the Huskins Horror Studios, or you can look him up, Cody Huskins on Facebook. Cody, thank you so much for joining yeah, us today. You, yeah. And we can't wait to see what it looks like when Jason goes to hell. That's it. When we return on Scared Stupid. Obligatory finger point. <laughs> Scared Stupid. And we're back. Here we are, where we were before. What's going on? Again. Again, again. You know what I've never noticed, Terry, till just now? What? Our intro sounds like we accidentally walked in on someone. Like the door opens and then a lady screams and we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was I was going for more like you know killer kicks open the right. <laughs> she goes ah and he goes ha 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 you're gonna die or whatever but now that you say that sounds it could like, definitely be just sounds like Rumble Snilskin catching a fucking just the crypt keeper being a cri- being a crypt keeper cri- being a cri- crypt creeper, creeper yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crypt creeper <laughs> say that ten times fast. see that crypt creeper crypt so <clears throat> there's a lot of people that make this show possible. Okay. And we're going to talk about them. I'm not going to cry. Sweet. I've already had my cry for the day. I watched Prancer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Starring Sam Elliott. I don't think any Christmas movies make me cry. I can't think of any off the top of the head. That one did. Oh, boy. Sam Elliott crying. I see a man that hard crying. Yeah, you know. It's it's real then. (laughs) It's real tears. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said it's like like a, a... an animal movie where they like yeah. save a reindeer. They like save a reindeer. Yeah, that's a, that's always a good tearjerker. Again. Yeah, the kids, like yeah. kids and animals. Are kids, always, mom's dead. Oh, so she, oh yeah, it's a whole. Woo, it's a whole thing. Real pulling on the heartstrings. Yeah, hard. Sam, Sam Elliott's just trying to make it. It's, he is. He's just trying to be a good dad. <laughs> I ain't got no money for Christmas gifts, but, but I found this reindeer. Am he, I close? No, he was gonna shoot it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna fucking shoot it. He's like, I'm gonna shoot this reindeer. My family needs to eat, but it's so yeah. cute. But it's so damn cute. He didn't want her to keep it. Oh, so, like, so it was one of those, like, he hated it. And then, like, yeah. halfway through, he's like, I love you, Randy. He, like, sold it and everything. Oh, it was... Jesus. Yeah, what? dude. Yeah, man. It is a fucking brutal movie. I just kept catching myself going, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is intense, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I almost didn't make it today. So the people that do make this show right. possible, though, talking about tear jerkers, the Black Cat Curiosities and Outbreak on Main Haunted House. Yeah. Both owned by the same two wonderful people, mm-hmm. Ella and Mo Mullis. Hell yeah. Absolutely fantastic people. We love them. They're out there in Oneida, Tennessee. Woo-woo. So if you get there out there in Oneida, you need to definitely stop by the Black Cat Curiosities. I think uh, Outbreak on Main actually just did a Friday the 13th event, they too, did. with yeah. some Krampus pictures. Nice. Heck, yeah. Like They're just all the time doing cool stuff like that. Right. So our next sponsor is, as always, from the beginning, Otherworldly Coffee. Kind of got a little bit of an early plug in the first half. Yeah, you know, they, they've done us good. They've cup, been good. cup of cryptid. A cup of cryptid. Pick up a cup of cryptid. <laughs> a couple cup of cryptids. A couple cup of cryptids. Mm. <laughs> Our newest sponsor. We have, uh, you know what, before we go on to the newest sponsor, though? Yeah. Uh, Otherworldly Coffee. You can go there, and at checkout, use promo code OUTLANDER, all caps, to get 20% off your first order. Sweet. Do that this spooky season. It's not spooky yeah. season, but it tis the season. So yeah. get your family some coffee. Yeah, it's great. It's good coffee. I'm not just, you know. Yeah, I know you got a weird cousin that smokes cigarettes in the corner. Yeah. It's all black. Like, he would love some otherworldly coffee. Absolutely would love some otherworldly coffee. <laughs> Everybody I've given it to has been through the roof excited. Nice. So, so like, I'm going to get some shit done. Yeah, because you cheaper can. than Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> So now, our newest sponsor, yeah, yeah, Halloween Hot Sauce. Ooh, spicy. Bro, it's so hot. It's so hot, bro. It's so hot, bro. So fucking hot. That smoky ghost is no joke. No, yeah, I didn't even try it. Yeah. The, uh, I have tried the Firebird, though. The, the other you finally, finally tried finally Thunderbird? Tried, yeah, yeah. I need my a little boy. pep in my step. But, yeah. Uh, Pepped yeah. you right up, didn't it? <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I don't think I can do the smoky ghost of the Halloween hot sauce, because yeah, it does tear me up. It did, man. It roasted me alive when I did it on camera. I was not loving that. <laughs> I mean, it's good. That's the thing. <clears throat> is all of his hot sauces are really, really good, mm-hmm. but when they're hot, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like your everyday hot sauce. It, it is actually it does uh, make an emphasis on the flavor and doesn't yeah. want you to use it on food and not just die. <laughs> yeah, not just die off of it. Like, not just like vinegar and pepper and just like exactly. hot death. <laughs> like, let me see how hot I can make this. There's a lot of other stuff in a lot of the other hot sauces, and he does focus on taste. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. I really enjoyed bringing him on. It was awesome. Yeah. So we also have Goblin Hoss. Goblin Hoss. As always, uh old shrub out there. He's he's doing doing the Lord's work. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> he's man, all the coolest uh kind of name brand horror merchandise that you could possibly imagine, from t shirts to patches to hats to toys to everything. Shrub has all kinds of stuff. You gotta go over to his website at goblinhoss.com mm-hmm. and check out his full collection of everything he has. And not that far from us. No, he is right in our backyard, local boy. Which was surprising because he has, you know, he has deals with a lot of big names. Yeah, out there, I mean, know? Rob Zombie buys his patches yeah, from that's what's up, from dude. Shrub. So that's yeah, that is an honor yeah. to have. I mean, that's like your main export to yeah. Rob Zombie is yeah. patches. We need to throw a horror fest in a field somewhere out there. I agree. That's a good idea. We could. Yep, mm-hmm. Kodak, we're coming for you. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> And some mayor like, no, without permits, you're not, you little bitches. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Bring fucking Satan's music here mm-hmm. in Kodak. Out here in the Lord's where Rob Zombie in Mis- Kodak? Mr. I don't think so. You take your Dragula on somewhere else, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they're still stuck in like 1996 when yeah. Marilyn Manson was like the devil. <laughs> 
It's like, have you seen him lately? He looks like yeah. the nicest guy ever. He's a super chill guy. He, <laughs> trust me, even at his live performance, he sits down through most of it. So it's fine. <laughs> he's super chill now, bro. He's super chill. He's not, gonna, he's not sacrificing anything to say. No, him. <laughs> he's not punching his guitarist and puking on the stage and rolling around yeah, in it anymore. This ain't 96, bro. No. It's, you can, it's fine. <laughs> he's in his Johnny Cash era. Yeah. He's going to have to redo Hurt. Oh, no, wait, that was Nine Inch Nails. Whatever. No, that's But that's st- still. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna do. He's gonna do hurt. Yeah, I hurt myself today. Not a bad idea. Some yeah, collab. What's up? Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson. I can't believe it hasn't happened. <laughs> I wonder if I'm gonna get any hate mail from Nixon. Yeah, <laughs> like, are you fucking serious? You're fucking for real, bro. <laughs> so well, they both have satanic references. I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. Oops. <laughs> so the same music. Our next sponsor. The people who hosted us for our Friday the 13th event. Ooh. The fabulous ladies down at the Mystic Orb. Hell yeah. Yeah, they've got all your nicest holiday shopping needs right now. Get mm-hmm. down there, gemstones, bath stuff, vintage clothing. Uh, get a unique gift for not a big price. Yeah, for That's real. stuff. Mm-hmm. Terry yeah. finally got to come down, check out yeah. the shop. Uh, yeah, people love that stuff too. Like, it's not too expensive, but it's so unique that people, it's like... They love it. Exactly. A lot of and there's a lot of handmade stuff in there. Um, that's all done by local artists. And yeah. that's I think that's really like like Terry said, it's unique stuff for a good price. Just got a Jess appendant from there. Super nice. Yeah, see. Yep. <laughs> uh, Terry does his Christmas shopping at the Mystic Orb. <laughs> Actually she was like, You're getting me this for Christmas. <laughs> Make sure Chris bring, brings it. <laughs> Make sure okay. Chris brings that. Okay. Excellent. Yes, ma- yes ma'am. <laughs> but and, yes, awesome pendants. Yeah, uh, um, excellent wire wrapping. It was great. Yeah, yeah, she does all that by hand. Yeah. No machines or anything. It, so it looked it looked great. Definitely, and she does custom work. So uh, Ooh, yeah, you, you can message her anything that you don't see that you want. Uh, she'll make you something unique, there custom. Mystic Orb, check it out, y'all. Yeah, out there in Clinton. Yeah, yeah. And our final sponsor, Mr. Joe Shirt. Hell yeah, put them shirts on, bro. Yeah, they're good shirts. They are very good shirts. Yeah, if you've never seen some of his designs walking around Knoxville, I'm surprised. Yeah, because... I mean, yeah, they make them for everybody. Dog mm-hmm. Arts, all that stuff. Um, yeah, and it's not like, it's not screen printing. Like, yeah. it's like a machine. It goes through like three times and they put on three layers of paint. Like, it's crazy. Wow. Like, three layers of ink. Yeah. And that's how they make their designs is like with different oh, colors. Yeah. That's freaking cool. Yeah, they're really nice shirts. I didn't even know that. I mean, I have a few of them yeah, that yeah. they've sent out and I love my Joe shirt shirts. Well, that's how you get it like to where it feels like it's in the shirt. Oh. Yeah, so they like they have to layer it with colors and that's how they do it. So it's not just like a printed on screen printer thing. That's pretty freaking cool because yeah. everybody and their mama can go out now and buy a t-shirt screen There's printer a and new screen printing shop online popping up every yep. three seconds yep see? it's <laughs> almost as bad as podcasts yeah <laughs> <laughs> with how, how many are popping up on yeah online it's true so yeah joe shirt one of the last true shirt makers yeah local local to knoxville tennessee mm-hmm. 30 years in business there you go whoop, whoop. so get out check them out here's something for you all to check out at home though Uh-oh. i believe it's time for our second segment, our B segment, our other favorite segment, <laughs> it is Creature Feature. Sound the horns for Creature Feature. Ow, spooky movie time. But it's the holidays, so we gotta watch some holiday spooky movies, right? Nice. Not Prancer. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it is not spooky. 
Unless you're afraid of your own emotions. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> you're scared of showing your feelings. <laughs> it's terrifying. So I don't first, feel anything for that fucking reindeer. <laughs> fucking reindeer. God damn it, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. So we already gave some props to Krampus. Oh, yeah. Well, we gave well, some props. <laughs> we gave, like, what the fuck was that? What the hell are you all doing? Well, it had, like we said, it had no choice but to be a comedy. The entire mm. cast was hilarious. Yeah, that's true. And I'm convinced, because, like, yeah, because, like, the setup's great with Krampus. Because you see yeah. him at the beginning, too, and it's all, like, spooky in the shadows is what you don't see. Yes. I don't think they could make a, a realistic-looking Krampus. And that's I why e- I think that turn happened. Yeah. Jesus. They were just <laughs> like, okay, we're it just, we got to put it out. So... <laughs> So what are we going to do? Well, we got all these comedians. Let's just make it funny. Let's at least just punch it up. <laughs> I went and saw that in the theaters. Did you? I think I did, too. God damn it. Yep. See, we Didn't make that mistake this year, Black Christmas. Yeah, Black <laughs> Christmas. We'll just skip on down to that. <laughs> Movie number two, Black Christmas. Watch the original. Oh, or yeah. even the 2006 one. I enjoyed the 2006 remake. Yeah. A lot more gory, a lot more slashery. Yeah. I don't hate it. You know, it, sometimes it's hard to remake those mm-hmm. slasher films like that that are, you know, it, I think we've been so desensitized True. to what things like that are that that premise isn't as scary as it used right. to be. Well, uh, yeah. Maybe that's why uh, the new Black Christmas went all like kind of different route with yeah a little woke they tried to make and see I, I feel like when you do things like that you are pandering to a certain audience but and it, people aren't stupid anymore but i was kind of like i was kind of all in i mean i haven't seen it yet but it's gotten terrible reviews and mm-hmm. like it looked terrible but i was kind of in because like it's like a like a skull and bones fraternity right and like their thing is they gotta like kill a sorority sister or whatever yeah but then I'm, like i watched the trailer and i was just like it looks really cheesy it looks very yeah like the idea sounds great. Like I love the exactly. of course I love the Illuminati. I mean, come on. Yeah. But like, so that sounds great. Like a skull and bones sort of fraternity. Like that's what uh-huh. they got to do to get in the skull and bones. Loved. Uh, what, I mean, and um, but no, it definitely took a turn for. Yeah. It looked like something out of CW. So just weird. Like, but the originals hold their own. Yeah. And the 2006 100 percent stands on its own. Yeah. Great remake. But 2019, I'm giving you a swing and a miss on that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. and that's saying something. I'm nice to everybody. About their yeah, it bombed hard. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if I was, they should have hit us up. Be like, you want to promote Black? Yeah, Christmas? you want to? Yeah, then you would have been fucking I'm, great. Yeah, <laughs> it'd have been awesome. But did I, you hear it's like skull and bones, bro? <laughs> it's total skull and bones, bro. <laughs> Not to take any credibility away from the reviews that we give you. No, dude. I mean, on here. Uh, January, Color Out of Space. Yeah, Color Out of Space coming up in January. No, they give be. us good movies, so we don't yeah, have to. <laughs> yeah, they really do. We, we were very appreciative, appreciative <laughs> of the wonderful movies that they send us, so I don't have to have bad <laughs> <Be> reviews. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I've never had to be like, okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Luckily, we're blessed. Yeah, very much so. Super blessed. So, I had a good original to check out always, every year, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, uh, with Miss Linnea Quigley. Is that the one with uh, Malcolm McDowell? Yes. That one? Yeah, that's great. Yep. Oh, no, yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's Sorry. Linnea Quigley. The one with Malcolm McDowell is Silent Night. Yes. Which is also good. But Silent Night, Deadly Night is a great film. Yes. As well, 80s film. You can check out our earlier episode of Scared Stupid mm-hmm. with our interview with Miss Linnea Quigley. Yeah, she was great, wonderful. Yeah, she was so much fun. She, she loves us. She was like, oh, is it, is it over? We don't. Ha- we can keep talking. <laughs> that, that happens with a lot of guests. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, so. no, that's been nice <laughs> that people want to talk to us so much. I enjoy yeah, that. It helps us get the other ones. So. Heck yeah, when we're nice to people. <laughs> Sorry about that. There you go, Scream, <laughs> scream Queen. <laughs> scream Queen, Linnea, Linnea Quigley. Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> so great one always too. 
to check out. Great, that, uh, great bow and arrow scene. Yes, <laughs> and then and number two produced one of the most iconic bad movie hor- bad yeah, horror. Yeah, number two is really bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's like really garbage bad. day. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I remember a few years about few years ago i binged them all because i'd never seen them uh-huh and i remember number two being like way off the rails yeah it was like there's like a kid like it's a kid shelter yes and it's really off the rails yeah it, it i didn't love it <laughs> and i'm pretty sure there was like six scenes that don't make sense like it wasn't edited cohesively right. like there was a lot of problems with the second like somebody one. accidentally forgot to take those out when they were <laughs> editing <laughs> I remember, like i remember where he's like stalking and then he's like inside like reading a book to the kids and i was like did, what did you mess up <laughs> did, you yeah, forget, did i miss something did there? you forget the ordering of where the scenes were supposed to go yeah <laughs> oh that's good oh and it's got the nun banging right yeah oh my god okay yeah. Yeah, i remember it's <laughs> like they tried to be like really they over go the top too hard. yeah too edgy they just yeah they were too edgy for it yeah first so. one's great though oh yeah first one's great fantastic I, I mean that's what set the series up to be one and two but you should also check out silent night with malcolm mcdowell have you seen yes, that i have with the flamethrower santa yeah Fuck yeah <laughs> silent night a little long right but good and uh a good other one jack frost oh the uh, the killer scary sn- one this killer snowman yeah, yeah i always okay. loved switching those uh-huh. two at the video store uh, yeah that's a good time man <laughs> people go home but that's how you get a jake james situation where he went right. to get the goonies and he got a spit <laughs> on your grave yeah <laughs> that's a pretty <laughs> drastic one yeah but uh jack frost yeah you probably yeah. do that convincingly always good yeah i yeah. also love the disney one so yeah it's fantastic it, it was so good <laughs> see that's one of those movies that like my mom i didn't jack realize frost, the chris that there that i'll cry at that when he's playing yeah. the harmonica yes. yes i will it's like my dad's a snowman now yes. and <sighs> when he starts melting at the end i just remembered i'll cr- I cry at that see i haven't watched in like 10 years terry does have a christmas movie he cries at <laughs> dude when his dad is melting yes it's <laughs> dude, fucking sad when his dad is melting yes sad as fuck <laughs> His son's playing the harmonica. Jesus. I just remembered that that movie makes me cry. It's like, how much can I dig your heart out here? I literally haven't watched it like in 10 years because uh, I was like, I'm an adult. I don't watch that shit anymore. Yeah. Now now that I got kids, I'm like, oh, I just remembered. Like, yeah, that's one of those movies. (laughs) That's one of those movies I'm going to cry later. I'm going to have to watch it. Of course. But the scary one with the. the, Killer Snowman, yeah, also great. Yeah, I love the Killer Snowman. <laughs> the <laughs> way they kill it at the end. Of, yeah, I remember, I've seen all of them. I don't remember mm-hmm. if the second one's good. Um, I'm gonna go watch them tonight. <laughs> yeah, we need to watch some Jack Frost tonight. I just remember the first one. They, <laughs> they kill him with a uh, shit. What a uh, hair, hair. Yeah, dryer. the hair dryer yeah. today. <laughs> It's still good. What about spooky Santa Claus movies? Yeah. Like Santa's Sleigh. Oh, great one. And Christmas Horror Story. Both fantastic films. With Mr. George Abuza, who the geeks yeah, interviewed, interviewed. Mr. George Abuza. Like, A Christmas Horror Story is a legit, like, good film. Mm-hmm. Santa's Sleigh is a good film, but it's, like, it's, it's fucking like campy cult. Yeah. 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 A campy cult, like. It's Goldberg has a killer Santa. Yes. Fucking and it's so dude, good. Dude, he, like, spears through a chimney. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he has like bison instead of reindeer yeah that's right and it's real <laughs> aggressive it's hilarious everybody needs to check out santa sleigh if you never have and i believe a christmas horror story features george booza fighting krampus oh doesn't dude, it so good yeah it's so good definitely his, his whole story arc in a christmas horror story is like one of the best scary like movie things i've ever seen see but, i but, finally got to check it out after the booza yeah it's great right so, yeah dude the scene like the scene when he's in santa's workshop and he's just trying yes. to escape so good 
so good. I'm not going to give it away, but... So yeah, good. that's one everybody needs to go check out. And it's badass, Santa. He's got, like, a badass stick, and yeah, kills people with it. <laughs> he kills people with he it. He defends the righteous with it, actually. But, right. Uh, yeah, if you're a zombie elf or Krampus... You're <laughs> if you're a zombie elf or Krampus... Dead, bro. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so good, and not a lot of people know about it. Right. But recently, it's been getting a lot of hype. You're welcome. See, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I swear I've never heard anybody talk about it, and then like this year, everyone's talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, become oh, yeah. a big thing. Like, oh, okay, we might have the took, geeks. I, that one's the geek, you know. Yeah, it took I, three years to realize it's a good ass movie. That's what happens though. And I went into it because, like, I remember when I was first watching it because, like, Christmas horror story, and it looks like one of those bad like Krampus returns, uh-huh. where it's like three stars on IMDb, right. just fucking garbage. And then I was like, holy shit, this is good. Shatner's narrating the whole thing <laughs> from a radio station. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic film. So good. One of the best-looking Krampuses ever, too. Yes. Canada knows what's up. Canada knows how to make a film. Get your shit together, Krampus. <laughs> Speaking Skip of... Skip Krampus. Check out that one. Best Krampus. Yeah, awesome. best Krampus. A Christmas horror story. Absolutely. Best badass Santa, too. Oh, yeah. I want to see George Booza Santa... Yes, Goldberg Santa. Oh my God! <laughs> this year at Holiday Slam, that's a crossover I want to see. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Santa versus Santa. Hell yeah, bro! Booza versus Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! So man, we've got a pretty awesome interview to uh, wrap the show end with. Sure do. Right, Mr. Ace Von Johnson. There you go. Guitarist from the L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat. Oh, they. Fucking legendary bands. Yes, and he, and I found out he was in Murphy's Law. Yes, which is like a super famous New York City punk band. Mm-hmm. He's so. in Murphy's Law. He, like he's been, and he was so awesome to talk to. He was he's such great. a fun. Like I, I, I felt like I was just talking with somebody that mm-hmm. I've known for years. Like well, me and Ace were just bros. Yeah. Well, you'll get an hour and ten minutes of it coming. Up. Heck yeah. Because he definitely was a more of a hasty interview with yeah a long form. They, we, that, they really like talking to Chris, so cool. they go a little long. Yeah, we like that. It's great. It's yeah, great, great I, material. I, I love it when people really do want to talk to me and are very interested in talking to me. Yeah, well, it's a you know, it's a it's a better you know rapport you can make with someone to get a lot more info. Exactly. Just like bam, 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 bam. And and I didn't want to ask him a bunch of hokey normal interviewee questions. Yeah. I wanted you know us to have fun. Well, he was like, I don't want to talk about music. And we're like, great. Yeah, neither great. Do we. Neither do we. This is scared stupid. This is time to talk about spooky stuff. <laughs> yeah, like so. Yeah. So, a lot of fun. next year, we've got the Color Space coming up. We have a lot of awesome interviews coming at you. Joe Bob Briggs, we'll be interviewing him. Uh, come, we, we can't say when yet. We're not allowed to say when yet, but we will be. they don't know when. Yeah, they don't know when yet, so we don't know when yet. So, we'll have him. We'll have Joe Bob Briggs. We'll have the director uh, from the Color of Space. Color Out of Space, yeah. Color Out of Space. Uh, Richard Stanley. Mr. Richard Stanley on the show. He and got into a fight with Brando. Heck yeah. He got fired by Brando. <laughs> so we got to talk about that. <laughs> I wonder, you think he's sensitive? You think we can, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll play it out next year. Because that, that's like one of the big things. I mean, also he's a fantastic director. He's right. Not, he's known for being a fantastic director. Obviously yes. he was directing a movie with Brando and Val Kilmer. Yeah. But Dr. Violin Moreau is a very famous story of mm-hmm. Just wildness and craziness on an island and trying to make a movie. Very, But we have to be able to talk about that. Like, it, I want, surely. I surely, want to know. Surely he gets a lot I of it. I just want to know. <laughs> but it's, it's a very uh, Warner Herzog kind of story with yes. the do- island of Dr. Monroe, uh, Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are so looking forward to that. Thank you all for spending this year 
with us. It was mm-hmm. Scared Stupid from our launch till now. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping to bring all kinds of even bigger stuff next year. A lot of good stuff in 2020. Yeah, 2020 coming at you, but right now coming at you, that awesome interview from the awesome Ace Von Johnson. And until after that, we'll see you guys next time on Scared Stupid. Peace. What's going on out there, my funky fiends? Joining me here in the studio. That's right, actually in studio. You know how we do this. There's no over-the-phone stuff. From the Mount Olympus of rock, the guitar guru to the gilded gods of Hollywood, L.A. Guns guitarist, faster pussycat guitarist, Mr. Ace Von Johnson. How you doing, Ace? Doing great, Chris. How are you? I am fantastic, man. Thank you so much for coming all the way out here to hang out with us in studio. Yeah, no problem. No one at all. <laughs> so, Ace, we wanted to bring you out here today, of course, to talk about your very impressive musical career, but also, obviously, to talk about some horror. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, my man. So, you got to tell me how... Uh, how, what what was your what was your start in horror? What really hooked you as a horror junkie? Uh, it definitely started when I was a kid. Uh, my dad was an avid collector of uh, you know creepy and tales from the crypt, and uh, you know just a fan of all the what we consider classic horror films. Pretty much all the you know pre sixties stuff. You know all the black right. and white Universal and amicus and and stuff like that and uh and so it was just always on or around when i was a kid and we would go to the local video store and he'd have me pick out a movie and he'd pick out a movie and we'd kind of do like a like a double feature thing together and that was oh, cool. that was how i spent spent most of my childhood with my dad um excluding motorcycle stuff so it just was a part of my upbringing and then additionally uh i have a cousin who is a well-known movie director. His name's Mark Lester, and he directed a movie called Firestarter and Class of 84 okay. and, Com- and Commando and a couple other feature films that are yes. relatively relatively known. And when I was, I can't remember my age, but I'm going to guess like eight. Uh, uh-huh. I was on set when they filmed uh, a, a sort of action sequence for the sequel to Class of 84, uh, the film Class of 19, 1999. Oh. So just just having all these, you know, scary things in my peripheral. And I mean, I could keep going and going and going, you know. And, right. uh, <laughs> you know, there was a family friend that owned a, a mall in, in the Los Angeles area that my, yeah. mo- my mother worked for. And in his office, he had nothing but... Uh, you know, it was like something out of an Indiana Jones film. Like he had like the tribal Aww. voodoo head and like a, like a, a skeleton encased in, in glass and all these things. And I was always fascinated by that stuff. So even at an early age, I was really drawn to uh, scary stuff and horror movies and anything spooky. See, that's what we, we share that. Uh, my, one of the first horror movies I saw, I think I was around four or five years old and uh, my mom showed me Leprechaun and then oh, Hellraiser. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> and I, I actually talked to old Doug Bradley, Hellraiser, I uh, got to interview him once, and all he said to that was, what in the fuck could you have possibly taken from Hellraiser at five years old? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, that explains where I am today. So, <laughs> I, I think it explains where a lot of us are today, to be honest. Exactly. These are the movies that made us. Plug. Wait, yeah, the, wait that's a new Netflix show, isn't it? That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a thing now. <laughs> 
Whoopsie doozles. So, okay. Back to, like you said, pre-60s stuff, um, your your classic monsters, uh, you know, your Boris Karloffs and Bela Lugosi's. Who is, in your mind, the top monster? Your your favorite classic universal monster? Well, my favorite classic universal monster is the creature from the Black Lagoon, only yes. because, uh, you know, it, it's really just a, a kind of sad love story, and he's misunderstood, and he's just trying to get the girl, and... Mm-hmm. That whole thing, and and also I think the costume was the most um, uh, not iconic, but just involved. You know, I mean, Agreed. like let's let's face it, like Bela Lugosi as Dracula is iconic, but really it's like what's the costume? He's got a cape and a suit and like a widow's peak. Yeah, you know, that, <laughs> the creature, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Not to ta- not to take away from Karloff as the monster, right? But still, but still, it's like it's it's a face. You know, there's the face, and and then the rest of it's just like clothes. Right, creatures like a that was like a suit. That was a whole thing in the underwater sequences i mean it's really ahead of its time it, so for me yeah. it's it's the creature great answer absolutely excellent answer that's uh that's one of my favorites is the creature because like yeah like you said that suit had to be able to go underwater and you're talking about something from like the 40s that they made yeah. able to film and move like that under the water yeah yeah i mean uh you know getting rico browning they had to get this you know, professionally trained, like, uh, aqua, uh, excuse me, aquatic, uh, scuba diver guy to do all those sequences. Cause it was so involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, I just think that that's, you know, again, kind of ahead of its time versus, you know, Hey, can you, you know, say blah or stop your, right. feet and hold your arms out? And go, <laughs> you know, it's a little more involved. It really is. I mean, because even though the creature doesn't really talk, he has to um, he has to create more emotions through his you know to convey his emotions through his movements and just the actions that he does. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting how he's able to emote just with his uh, you know with his hands or or a slight head tilt. So. Right, because this is before the time when they could put a bunch of servo motors in the mask and make him wiggle his eyebrows and crinkle his nose up and everything like that. Oh yeah, way before that time, yeah. Yeah. So excellent answer. Absolutely excellent answer. So I know we wanted to talk about some Vincent Price, too. Oh, absolutely. He's my all time favorite. Hands yes. down. See, I didn't even have to. I was going to ask you who who's your horror icon. I don't have to ask you that. It's a no, Vincent Price. No. See, if you're asking monster, I, I lean towards the creature, although it does fluctuate from time to time. But if we're talking actors, uh, without a doubt, it is Vincent Price. I mean, he's. And, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Well, I was going to say the, the interesting thing about Price, and not to take away from uh, maybe Cheney Jr. Or, or Karloff or any of the or, – or, or even, you know, uh, Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing. Yeah. But the interesting thing for me that I liked about Price was uh, his versatility and that he his you know, he was able to be in children's films yes. or, or, or stuff like that or, or, or westerns. But then mm-hmm. he was also. I don't think he. I, I don't. I'd like to think he wasn't typecast Absolutely in horror not. films, but he excelled in that genre. Yes, just because of his his cadence and his his appearance and his walk, like just his demeanor was made yeah. for horror. And it's so interesting because I it it, I, it was only recently that I uh, realized he was. Uh, I never thought he was British, but I could never really pinpoint his accent. And he's right. It's like 
it's like South Dakota or something, somewhere in middle America. I can't remember where it is, but just some, you know, like Iowa or something where yeah. <laughs> he's from, he originates from. And I always found that to be quite interesting because I wanted him to be from like, you know, like some remote part of London or something right? like that. <laughs> some London after midnight place out there. That's where exactly, the comes exactly. from. Exactly. Yeah, he's my favorite. That's, I mean, that makes perfect sense because, like you said, his versatility going from horror to being like Dr. Eggman in Batman. Yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, what was that Disney uh, – the, uh, there's there's an animated film from the 80s where he's the oh. villain and they're all mice. That's yes. all I remember. Um, oh, man. Why can I not think of it? That's not Fifo. It's, it's it? not the Fievel franchise. No. It's something something else. And he's like a big giant rat. That's all I remember. Ah, uh, see, I cannot think of it right now. It'll come to us. And you, and you know what's what's silly is I actually because I collect uh, one sheets. I collect vintage horror uh, film posters. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Theatric, theatrical posters. I have the theatrical release poster for this film. I just can't remember what it's called. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know, in his role in, albeit small, his role in Edward Scissorhands. I mean, that was one of the first yeah. films I saw. As a, as a kid in the theater and was able to remember seeing uh, as the, I think his name is just the inventor, but right. uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's still spooky and kind of horror esque, but you know, right. Nonetheless, it's, it's still, uh, you know, varies from, from other stuff, you know, that he's done in his past. So I always admired that about him. Excellent. And he was a, an avid uh, a chef really into cooking. Oh, is it the great mouse detective? That's it. That's yeah. 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 I and, told you we'd he, get it. <laughs> he, he wrote several uh, uh, cooking, I guess, cookbooks, I guess, would you call them? Um, yes. He, yeah. So he was really That's into, awesome. into uh, preparing food. Learning to cook with Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the best. I got to tell you, one of my favorite Vincent Price moments is uh, House of Wax, when he spends oh, the yeah. entire movie in a wheelchair and then all of a sudden stand like you really get an idea of how tall Vincent Price was when he stands up and like kicks that guy in the face. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great role. I was really disappointed when they remade that. It was right. More or less nothing like the original. No, you don't put Paris Hilton in that. What are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't care for that or the remake of House on Haunted Hill, which is actually one of my other yes. uh, favorite Vincent Price films, but uh and the same production company did a remake of the film 13 Ghosts. It's like a William Castle film. And yes, that yes, was yes. one of the only ones from that sort of era that they remade that I did actually enjoy. Yeah, I really liked the the remake of 13 Ghosts. 100%. Yeah, I thought it was it was true enough to the original where it was interesting but still a, a good take on it. Right. And well, I'm see here on the show we're a huge fan of practical effects and yeah, makeup same. and I, I just I feel like people today use CGI as it not as a tool but to build the whole movie and then and you, it, it takes away it, it's, it's garbage yeah, thank you <laughs> you just you 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 give your actor no realism to react to when they're standing and in front of a green screen that's why i think not to change gears because i don't want to because it'll be a whole other conversation for me but <laughs> that's why i think uh, that's why I think the three Star Wars prequels suffered immensely is because it was all green screen and all did uh, CGI and and it right. just it, it it really it was like watching those you know sequences in a video game uh -huh. where it's just two 
it was just too animated and goofy and not real. And the, exactly. the wonderful thing about the original trilogy of that franchise was that it was all practical effects. You know, And that's what people want. I mean, obviously, you look at the Mandalorian series, and the most popular thing in the world right now is that Baby Yoda puppet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Go figure, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I would much rather see... I'd much rather see something where I go, oh, you can kind of tell that that's a model of an X-Wing flying over a model of a Death Star than yeah. have it look like... Uh, just some sort of video game sequence. And now the, the thing with that is, is that nowadays CGI or whatever we're calling it has gotten so good that it is hard to tell. It is. But I think 20 years ago when they did the original Star Wars uh, uh, prequels, I thought they were not developed enough and they looked like shit in my opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> but but anyways, back, back to where we were. Uh, yes. Uh, practical effects. Uh, and speaking of remakes and practical effects, because yeah. I've had this conversation a few times with people, the <laughs> greatest remake for me slash practical effects film is uh, is John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And then a lot of people strangely don't know that that's technically a remake. Right, because, yeah, John Carpenter didn't. It, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know Wilford Brimley's in that movie. The diabetes yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, good, good casting. Yeah, behalf of that film, and and it just it did terrible when it first came out. Like, yeah, it, everybody I think hated it, flopped, it. Right? Yeah, it's basically become a cult classic. It hundred percent, absolutely has, and it, it's just one of those things that you know was not appreciated in its time. Yeah, unfortunately, but you know, did you ever see the uh, sort of sequel or a prequel? I mean, that they made to that a few years ago. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was all right. I, I like that it led up to right. take the events in that film. Right. Because you needed but, uh, you needed a little build up to what was going on there, but it was yeah. It. Where they find that what was it like a Russian a rush some Russian expedition where they'd yes. all died or they were changed. It's the film the original uh, in this conversation the nineteen eighty two eighty eighty two I think film the thing it's. Yeah, it starts with them chasing that that dog or wolf or whatever it is. So it sort yes. of leads up to that moment, which I, I thought was, even though the movie wasn't that great, I just thought getting a little bit of backstory was kind of interesting. Exactly, because you took time at least to build a backstory to it, to let people yeah. see what was going on. Yeah, and I would rather that than have them remake it again or something like that. Of course. I, I'm. They, they're killing the remakes right now. They're just try, Everybody's trying to remake something right now. Did you see the new yeah. Black Christmas? The new, I'm sorry, the new what? The new Black Christmas. I haven't. I probably will, but I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty low on my priority list. Yeah, I would um, make it I, pretty low. I love the original. <laughs> yes. And is is this a, who's doing this one? Uh, is it a Blumhouse film? It's, yeah, it's Blumhouse. Okay. So I'm going to guess they did a good job with it. I, I've heard like sort of mid, middle of the road to good reviews, but nothing that was like, you have to go see this kind of thing. You know? Right. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like if you if you see it, okay, you can <laughs> you can judge it for yourself. It's it, it's definitely not uh, with what they had. It, it's just I feel like they wasted what they could have had. Yeah, in a yeah. remake. That's unfortunate to hear. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm pretty. You know, I really do love uh, what Blumhouse has done more or Absolutely. less over the last couple of years. I think they've definitely breathed a lot of fresh air into the. Uh, horror cinematic world, if, if you will. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, but I would prefer original films to remakes. Yes. Uh, in any context, even if it's a similar, 
you know, similar plot device or, or something, you know, I mean, at this point we've kind of seen it all, but exactly. uh, I, I thought, um, now I'm getting my production companies confused as about to start prattling off a bunch of names of films I've seen in the last 10 years, but I'm not <laughs> sure which, which are Blumhouse and which are not, but, uh, a movie that I really enjoyed, um, that recently is, I really like the witch. Yes. Um, and I really liked Baba Duke, which is an Australian film. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, I did see that one. Absolutely. Um, those are kind of the two movies when people ask me about horror in a, like in the last maybe ten years. Those are the first two movies I think of. The, um, the Witch was really I I really enjoyed what they did. Uh, with it was I, it, it's a slow burn, and I like that. Yes. But what I really appreciated was that the period piece. Uh, vibe of it was so for me was so believable I felt like I was watching almost like a documentary or, or something like yes. that it was very I felt like true to form 100% absolutely so, and it does give so the, that like very creepy kind of vibe to it just because of the time period that it's set in and almost the realism of it yes absolutely and and there's also uh, I'm a firm believer of it's always the scariest stuff is what you don't see. You know, it's, it's yes. sometimes it's best to just it, like implied horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm going to tangent for a minute cause I'm good at that, but, uh, Go it's like it. the, the little baby, you know, it's implied that the baby's murdered or it's yes. the, the witch is touching its genitalia or something. There's, but you don't uh-huh. see it, nothing happens. Exactly. It just, it just gives you enough, uh, you're mortified just seeing this environment. Yes. And, uh, and I, I, I love stuff like that. I love, uh, you know, my dad always would say, you know, it's scarier what you don't see. Uh-huh. And there's a, I'm actually, I'm bringing it up because I'm actually going to see it in two days here in LA as a screening. Uh, oh. the exorcist three is Whoa. one of my favorite, uh, not contemporary, but more newer, you know, obviously it's 30 years old now, but right. <laughs> films i think it's really underrated i don't think it got enough credit because it came after exorcist 2 which uh despite linda blair's efforts uh is a studio film and the script is weak and i don't really i didn't enjoy the sequel but uh, i think the exorcist 3 is aside from obviously the original the best film in that franchise i mean with um god who's the guy that played oh george c scott and Uh, uh, brad dorff's in it and a bunch of people and there's uh a lot of implied horror in that film, a lot of stuff you don't see. It's right. just uh, stuff that, you know, you're, you, you're getting led up to some horrifying scene. And I always thought that was great. Yeah. Um, and I'm just bringing that up cause I'm excited to see it on the big screen in two days. That's well, all. That's going to be awesome though. And see, yeah. like you said, it's almost scarier not seeing it because sometimes we're, I, I feel like people have become so desensitized to things oh, yeah. that showing yeah. them something may not live up to the expectations that they had built in their head for it. Like you yeah, can freak true. yourself out so much easier than someone can freak you out. I agree. And it's like, like I said, it's like, it's always scarier in your mind. And, uh, you know, I think with horror, especially psychological stuff or, you know, obviously if you're going to watch saw part 46, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're expect, you're expecting to see, uh, graphic gore, etc. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to see something that's maybe a quasi psychological horror film or a thriller or something like that, it's best to, you know, or even, you know, it can be a graphic film, but some of that stuff is best to leave it off screen, you know, or, yes. or you're only getting, you know, like the tip of the iceberg in, in that kind of scenario, which 
you know, I, I enjoy stuff like that. I, I, I there are, you know, I, and I get asked whenever I'm talking about horror films and whatnot. There are movies that were, you know, disturbing and 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 graphic. You know, uh, right. where obviously you're paying or whatever you want to call it, you're engaging in this film, knowing that that's what you're getting. I saw, you right. know, obviously like stuff like. Uh, hostile or a Serbian film, or like, uh, I just rec- I just recently saw a French movie called Inside, which is about this pregnant woman whose oh, yeah. uh, husband's lover is trying to uh, uh, attack her, and she's trying to save her baby. And it's very, it's uh, very, very, gra- it's very graphic. It's actually really hard to watch. And so, if you're into that kind of, uh, you know, basically bordering on snuff films, right. I would recommend Inside. That's that's how I felt about I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah, th- there's another good one. Uh, that was, they remade that, right? Yes, they did. And I never, I actually never saw the remake. Yeah, I've there was seen the original. There was two sequels to it. Um, the remake was good. It definitely held. A, I I still think the original was uh, even more graphic. I, I think it was even worse than the remake. Uh, because yeah, the remake is hard to watch at times. There's those scenes that you're just like, uh, and they stick with you. And I think yeah. the real, like I said, the realism of these kinds of films is what's scariest about it. Who, who directed I spit in your grave originally? Do you know? Wes Craven, I believe. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I was that's, thinking that, did he also do last house on the left or am I getting all my stuff confused? Mm, last house on the left. I let let's see. Um that one I want to say you're right because it hits right around the same time yeah, period was, and kind That was all that like late 70s. Yes. You know, everything was like grindhouse and there were really no I feel like there were it, it was like the wild west. There were no rules. They're like we're going to make a really fucked up film <laughs> on a shoe on a shoestring budget, and it's because I think a lot of that stuff was um, Toby uh, Hooper opened oh, the, yeah. the floodgates with that with with Chainsaw, absolutely, uh, and he made that film, which was basically just a college film, and you know obviously set the fucking bar 100%. for uh, what what horror was to become. I mean, it was kind of the base, basically the first. Uh, slasher film in a sense i guess yeah when you think about it because only maybe six seven years before that we were talking about you're looking at night of the living dead right and uh and that was you such know a slow and we, in hindsight you know when you think about it, it's relatively tame for a yes. movie yes it is especially by today's standards <laughs> yeah and and not to not to downplay the movie because the original 1968 Night of the Living Dead is like you know. I mean, that's oh, that is yeah. the z- the zombie movie exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, all the things to follow um, Chainsaw really, you know, they really everyone had to step their game up. So I, yeah. I was getting, I'm getting my Wes Craven films confused, but so I obviously uh, you I got Last grave. House on the Left right. That is Wes. Oh, Craven. so that that was Craven. That was Craven. The original I spit on your grave. My producer just pulled it up for me. It. Uh, is I'm, I know I'm going to butcher this. Is Mir Zarchi? Okay, so yes. I Spit in Your Grave is not a Wes Craven film. Okay, no. so I was thinking it was, but then I knew Last House on the Left. Definitely yes. Was. So it, well, they both have just kind of like we said, you know, the same time period, kind of the same feel to it. So that easy mistake to make. We both yeah. <laughs> we both made it. <laughs> it. It happens. That's right. So. I've I have adopted a new segment here on the show, uh, thanks to you actually, 
with oh, cool. yeah um we have reached out to our twitter followers and given them the chance uh to ask you a question so i, I was going to choose one of the people that uh wanted to have their questions answered and uh give them a little shout out if that's cool with you absolutely i actually i'm gonna interrupt real quick and say one of the questions if it's not the one you ask i think i remember so if if we do this one and it, and it's not the same question i'm going to answer the other question as well just because there's something that. i got excited about so go ahead that's awesome that's i see what a guy so so the, our first <laughs> our first follower uh tori olson he uh-huh. asked do you prefer obscure indie horror or mainstream horror well, I guess if you're going to call a spade a spade, I prefer mainstream horror. However, I feel like because horror is such a niche genre mm-hmm. that it's it's like, where do you really draw the line? I mean, we're talking about like stuff that goes straight to like one of those like burn it yourself DVD like right. presser, like picking like James Balsamo's movies or or like a like like trauma and under kind of film. Yes. Or are we talking like, like, you know, cause I would almost consider Blumhouse almost independent. Right. Um, I mean, you know, obviously they're getting theatrical releases and some of that stuff's, you know, almost household names. So it's kind of like, where do you draw the line? Right. But if you're talking about like, would I rather see like a movie with a budget that's getting like, you know, might have like a C level celebrity and a budget to it and getting a theatrical release and, maybe is something I'm familiar with versus like guy with his, you know, uh, handy cam or whatever, doing it on like a $6,000 budget. Yes. I would prefer, I would prefer the real, uh, y- you know, a real film, if you will. Absolutely. Um, I've seen, I've seen plenty of stuff that was super low budget mm-hmm. and a lot of the schlockiest stuff from the seventies eh, and eighties uh-huh. that I might, you know, like even I spit on your grave or whatever it is. I may look back and go, oh, man, that was great to watch. But it's not really stuff I want to like reinvest in or exactly. watch for a seventh time <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I would prefer to watch something that's maybe got a little more, you know, uh, budget or whatever. But that being yeah. said, I mean, uh, Babadook is my favorite horror film in the last 10 years. And that is definitely an independent film. Absolutely. So, uh I suppose it depends on a the era and b what the context is usually. So you know, I guess both. I, I kind of took a dump on his answer. His no question. way, no way. That that is the perfect answer because I was thinking I I don't love the name the like the phrase mainstream horror because like you said, where do you draw the line? Because there yeah, are I mean, things. Obviously, it, okay. You want to know mainstream fucking horror to me? I'm going to get on my soapbox here. Yes. When you put Tom Cruise in this mummy fucking <laughs> piece of piece of shit Universal yes. film, that's that's mainstream. Oh, a and preach. B. I still want my fucking money back. That was the <laughs> worst movie. I've and you know what? I was so excited. When I heard that uh, Universal was going to launch like this dark yeah. cinematic universe, and mm-hmm. I was like, God, when you think about it, seriously, think about it. Universal Studios was the first 
uh, real like cinematic universe. Think yeah. about it, like go, you know, Ghost of Frankenstein, uh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Abbott Costello, Meet Frankenstein. Those films right. where you're going, well, we've got this character from this franchise, this character from this franchise. We're gonna mm-hmm. mash them up, put them in the same fucking movie. Yes, that's so cool. Yes, I, when, when I think about it now, the potential, especially when you look at, I'm not not necessarily DCU because the DC thing isn't for me, but mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been. Uh, not to be a super nerd here, but so well done into integrating this, this character yeah. with this character and put these movies together and you're going to go see an Avengers movie. But then the guy from the other movie, he might just pop up. He's got, yes. you don't know. <laughs> so I like that. And so I was excited to think, Oh, we might go see a Wolfman movie and maybe the creature from the black lagoon will make an appearance, but they have just totally fucked the whole thing up. Yeah. And then, it, and then it's like, well, you had the Brendan Fraser franchise and then they made the Wolfman with uh, 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 uh is it Anthony? Uh, what's the? Yeah, yeah uh, Anthony Sir Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. And yes. what's the, the the guy I'm thinking of? The actor. Uh, um, uh, the he's the, he's the lead in the Wolfman. He's a, a, a Latin gentleman. Javier uh, Bardem. Uh, no, uh, he's in uh, the new Star Wars as well. I just can't remember his fucking name. Uh, uh, and he's usually a bad guy. It doesn't matter. But he's I I love him as an actor. And yes. So that movie was that movie was great. Benicio del Toro is that what I'm thinking of? Yes. Yep. 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 Is he was was he the lead in the Wolfman a few years ago? He was. Yes. Okay. Cool. You I hit just, the nail on the I, head. I got so many little <laughs> nuggets of information floating around in my gray matter. I I always feel like you know, am I right? Am I crazy? Am yep. I right? Did I make that up? Hundred percent. So right. okay, that movie was great, and yes. so I was like, okay, let's take that and and move forward with it. And they were talking about doing the creature from the Black Lagoon and all these things. Mm-hmm. I want. I don't. Doesn't need to be hard R. But I want PG-13 adult content horror yes. movie. And yes. when I think of the perfect horror movie in the in the last, let's, I don't even know what year it was now, but contemporary setting, mm-hmm. motherfucking Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. That is what Universal Studios should be leaning on in direction of their their film not this tom cruise fucking right although although i i gotta put my foot in my mouth because interview with vampire which also stars tom cruise is also arguably in my opinion one of the greatest vampire films ever made oh absolutely but but they're obviously not the same thing by a fucking stretch but the mummy awful uh universal's lost my vote of confidence i don't even know what the question was i'm like rant. i'm like on a no that is totally fine here. i'm with i'm with you 100 percent. mainstream horror Absolutely. oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah if we're talking if you're gonna call the mummy mainstream horror i want nothing to do with it yes. but if you're talking about like blumhouse and and stuff like that it, it, you know then it's it varies so good answer i, I guess though. it just depends depends on the on the on the production company i suppose absolutely that makes sense so, what was the Twitter question you were excited about? I think I know, but I want okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, obviously we discussed Vincent Price, huge fan. Yes. There's a film in his catalog that's super obscure. I'm sure there's a bunch of them, actually, but there's a movie from 1980 called The Monster Club. Yes! Super obscure. Yes. I can count... I can count maybe at this point in my life on both hands how many people I've met that have actually seen it. I don't mean heard of it. Oh, or, oh yeah. I mean seen it, no plot points, can yes. quote it, know the movie. Oh, 100%. It's, it's my, it's my like, uh, 
I don't know what you'd even call that. It's it's my number one. Uh, you know, when people go, "What's a dumb, sh- silly, schlocky horror movie that I've like probably never seen?" Pleasure. I would go Monster Club. Oh yeah, because nobody's seen it, and and I love how obscure it is. I love that it's an anthology film because I'm a fan of those, you know, creep show and whatnot. Uh-huh. And obviously, Vincent Price. It's got a great ensemble cast. You got Britt Eklund, Donald Pleasance. Uh, uh, John Carradine. Yes. Oh God, who else is in it? Any, anyhow. So the question was to tie all this nonsense together. <laughs> was someone asked me online? I, I saw somewhere if there was like a piece of memorabilia from a movie I could own, and yes. it is without a doubt. I've been chasing. I'm not even kidding. For 17 years, that there's these pieces, these uh, uh, images in Monster Club. There's a genealogical chart of like if a werewolf has sex with a vampire, they produce this, and if a ghoul has yes. you know, procreates with a vampire, they then it gets all convoluted and, and they just start making it up. And it's a, a ghoul and a vamp make a were vamp, and a were vamp and a ghoul make a shabby, and a shabby <laughs> and a were this make a maddie, and it's nonsense. But the images. <laughs> Uh, were drawn by a British comic book artist named John Bolton. And I've tracked down, like, I've got, like, a like his book and an autograph, <laughs> lithograph, and all this nonsense. But what I'm after is, I, of course, I'll never get it. I don't have all the money in the world. But there's the genealogical chart, and then in the last story in the anth- in anthology uh, part of the film is there's this sequence where this guy's being chased by these ghouls and he finds this book and it cuts to these sequences of these sort of like uh, sepia tone, like uh, almost wood carving images of these ghouls, like escaping this graveyard and terrorizing this little, you know, English town. And the the images I've been talking about getting them tattooed on me for 20 years. I don't know why I haven't yet, but I digress. (laughs) I've been trying to find these original pieces of art since I was about 20, since the, you know, which is about 17 years ago, since the internet became like a household commodity. And I've tracked them down only to the point where I know someone that owns one of them. I know of someone who owns one of them. And then I found out that they're, like they were for sale and they've been bought up by collectors and traded. And then the original mm-hmm. uh, genealo- genealogy chart was actually in John Bolton's basement and it got damaged in a flood and someone paid this absurd amount of money to have it redone and all these oh. things. But that any of those pieces from that film, if there's anyone listening that has a $10 billion, <laughs> if you want to get me anything from monster club, I don't care what it is. If I could have something from that film, that would be my uh, answer. Obviously, I'm looking for the the John Bolton art. Of course. But what I do, what I do have is I actually believe because I'm I've yet to in my nerd, my unending nerd quest, uh, I collect as I mentioned these vintage theatrical one sheets, day day bills, yes. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I have four uh, pieces theatrical posters from the monster club movie. Oh, uh, wow. And I, I've yet to find someone that has uh, the same collection that I do. So um, the, the most common is the British quad sheet. Mm-hmm. It's like a 30 by 40 movie poster with this sort of cartoon character of Vincent price and yeah. uh, some other stuff. It's, it's the kind of popular version of the poster art. Right. And then, and then I have 
uh, giant, like five by seven uh, bus stop poster from Spain. Oh, no, excuse me, from France. Uh, that makes no sense. It's got like a giant snake on it and see, you know, stills, <laughs> stills from the movie and it's all in French and you know, it's, it's interesting artistically speaking. Then I have an Australian day bill, which has the uh, genealogy chart, uh, that I mentioned a minute ago. And it, it's also kind of a commonplace image. Uh, it's been replicated a bunch, but this one's actually uh, super rare. I'm not sure how many of them they made, but I'm going to guess less than 30. So oh, I have wow. one of those. And then I also have a Spanish lobby card, which I've never seen before either. So I'm like, my oh. life's quest is to ob- obtain every <laughs> piece of nonsense from this. Uh, it's basically a kid's movie. It's like, if I had to guess, it's probably rated PG, you know? And then because I of the like time frame, right. it's 1980, there's all, they're, they're at this monster club. So they have all these like new wave bands playing. Like mm-hmm. like UB, UB40 has a song on the soundtrack and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 a lot of these sort of like avant-garde British like post-punk uh, artists and whatnot. And the soundtrack on vinyl is also really uh, obscure and rare. And I have that. It's actually the most expensive record I've ever bought in my life. Not, not that expensive. I dropped I dropped $100 on it. but That's not too uh, bad, but... Uh, yeah, well, I, you know, as obviously you're learning, I had to have it. Right. But I would never, <laughs> I would never pay $100 for a fucking record in my life. But, right. uh now that I've gone on this this long winded Monster Club tangent, that is uh, that is my uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the uh, yeah, the yeah. golden chalice I'm chasing yes. or whatever the uh, holy Ab- grail. Absolutely. So we got we have to get out there, fans. We have to go and we have to find Ace Von Johnson all pieces from Monster, Monster Club, Club stuff. Just any Monster <laughs> Club stuff. And and while we're talking about Monster Club and horror movie stuff. Uh, some friends of mine have a clothing company called Creepsville 666. Uh, yes. You might not be familiar with the company, but their their stuff is everywhere. They have uh, licensing deals for Elvira and Vampira and Tales from the Crypt. Oh, cool. And a ton of stuff. So they're, they're the kind of company where you might not know the name, but if you saw their uh, clothing, you might go, oh, I've seen that before, you know, in like catalogs right. and online and in like like hot topic and stuff like that I so see. they they have a licensing deal with vincent price so uh-huh. currently i think i can talk about it i just i just did a shoot with them for some uh uh ec comics stuff and some sort of nondescript like uh horror spooky like uh western shirts but what yes. they're doing is they're actually they got approved by victoria price and the price estate mm-hmm. to do monster club uh, oh. merchandise and I was like I, I told the, uh, the Gulmores, the, uh-huh. the couple that owns the, the, the company I said you know no no one it's not going to be a big seller because nobody's ever fucking heard of this movie I said but but you know that being said if you do not let me model these clothes I, I will never talk to you again so I was like if my face is not synonymous with these monster club t-shirts I don't know I think they're doing like two of them then I would yeah. be so offended. So, but long story short, uh, I will be getting the first ever Monster Club merchandise, and I'm uh, pretty proud of that. You so, should which be. Which is such a such a dorky thing to care about. But Not I, at all. You know, that's my my thing. I'm and I'm a big fan. So obviously, now that I've 
talked about this terrible movie for 20 minutes. <laughs> I love it, though. No, I absolutely love it. I love the, the passion in movies like this because you don't see that a lot anymore. You see everybody wanting to shit all over everything, but they don't talk about what they love. And I love oh. hearing people be passionate about what they love. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's the cool thing about the horror community is uh, although, you know, with the Internet and message boards and all that bullshit, uh-huh. you know, people are, are really I'm going to steer clear of that. But people are so passionate <laughs> about things, you know, and, and, and there's a really cool uh, I, I'm really, really, really fortunate as a you know, obviously this whole time we haven't talked about music and I, I don't really want to. I don't need to. But uh, <laughs> my career, I'm a musician by trade, but my passion, one of them is 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 horror and i've been fortunate enough to do uh, a ton of now uh of, of horror movie uh, co- uh conventions i've done chiller and rock and shock and oh, mad monster yes. and days of the dead and uh, scares that care and uh, a few other ones and i've gotten to become uh really good friends with a lot of people that are you know household name horror uh actors and directors and, and whatever else and i i really uh it makes me happy. Like, a, you know, without getting too name droppy, I got a text randomly last week from Linda Blair. Yes. She just random, randomly sent me a text. Hey, sweetheart. I haven't talked to you in a couple months. Just want to say hi. How's the dog? You know, it's like, I'm like, holy shit. Holy Linda shit. fucking Blair just texted me. <laughs> and it's not, I don't really think of it like that because she's my friend. And <clears throat> I, I'm, I am really, uh, uh, involved in the, the dog rescue community and I'm yes. a big pit bull advocate. And as is she, and she actually, what she does with most of her time is she has her own rescue. So that's why we uh, mostly bonded. I, I don't talk to her about horror. She doesn't care. You know, she's more <laughs> interested in networking dogs. And I and I am as well. But, yes. uh, you know, sidebar, it's like, you know, how can I help? How can I help? But also, holy shit, holy you're fucking Linda Blair. Exactly. Like, the child in you is screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are those are the things that I, I really enjoy at the end of the day is, is that, you know, some of my... Some of my closest friends are 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 uh, are these celebrities that are people we grew up, you know, being fans of and, and whatnot. And uh, yes. I I'm really lucky in that sense that I I've been able to hang out and meet a lot of people. But where I'm going with this is being at these conventions is uh you see how passionate these fans are. You know, with the the mm-hmm. tattoos and the portraits. Not that I don't have those myself, but. Yes. Uh, you know, and the merchandise and the collecting and the autographs and everything else. It's, mm-hmm. it's really a cool, really a cool thing to see and be, and have, you know, a small part of and, and just be observant of. And, uh, and actually, you know, while I'm name dropping, uh, I'm actually having dinner tonight. Speaking of horror and, and, and our childhood, yes. I'm having dinner with, with Zach Galligan tonight. Who's the star what? of the gremlins. Yes. Um, yeah. That we're gonna, is we're awesome. going to the rainbow tonight. going to do some, uh, stomping around Hollywood. I met Zach in Knoxville um, about a month or so ago. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's out there in uh, maybe Georgia or something like that. Yeah, he's out really? in the South. He, yeah, he's uh, nice guy. Very nice guy. Took a picture with me and everything. We talked for a while. We'll have to we'll yeah. have to bring you both on the show sometime, Ace. <laughs> oh, I would I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Yes, and I mean you are starting to move into the horror industry a little bit aren't you uh did i hear that you have been doing some work uh some voiceover work for a netflix horror series well yeah uh so i've been dabbling in voiceover for about i don't know let's just say 10 years and i've done a couple things nothing really 
extravagant, just like some web content and like, you know, a lot of radio stuff and, and yeah. whatnot. But uh, I did just recently get cast as a character on a series on Netflix called Marianne. Yes. Uh, it's, a French ser- it's a French series and it's very Stephen King-esque. I'm like um, two episodes into it. Yeah, so I'm. I was Pierre in episode one. I was uh, the lead. Ah, boyfriend. what so am I you, doing? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta rewatch that. Uh, yes, you know when when she's laying in bed talking to her boyfriend and and whatever else. That's that's me. And I'm not sure if I'm. I don't want to give away too much. I'm not sure moving forward what my role will be because uh, I don't know if he's coming back or not uh, without giving too much away. But right. uh, you know, still I, I've got two shows this this season, if you will, on Netflix alone with my voice on them. And then wow. talking about voiceover and horror, there's a band out of Europe um, that's on their 30th anniversary this year called the 69 eyes, Okay, yes. uh, which, which are, they're huge in Europe and, I, and I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, ironically enough, I'm actually in the singers solo band. Uh, and I, they just did a documentary for their 30th anniversary and I narrated that as well. So if any, what anyone out there is into uh, dark, I don't want to say metal, but like goth, goth rock um, yes. stuff. I would recommend checking out the 69 eyes. And if you get their new record, the West end, uh, it comes with a documentary that's narrated by me, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, oh, wow. so I, I, I do voiceover occasionally. And I, if I could do horror movie stuff or, uh, more importantly, I would love to do animation. I'm really, really, really trying to do character voice, uh, driven stuff. So um, that's a, a passion of mine. It's something I would love to do. And if it's horror related or a scary cartoon, uh, even better. Actually, I was just talking to a friend of mine about a concept, uh, like a type a, a Nightmare Before Christmas esque cartoon that he's working on uh-huh. uh, to potentially in 2021. And I was like, dude, you better fucking cast me as a yeah. guy with a pumpkin a pumpkin head or something. <laughs> I just want my voice in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just want to be involved, and I just want to do more stuff like that, you know. Because uh, as I've gotten older, you know, the appeal of touring full time is getting less and less. And you know, See? I'd like to just do more stuff outside of just holding a guitar. You know what I mean? Right. As good as you are at doing that. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, I mean, I know you, we didn't want to talk a ton about music, um, but the LA Guns does have a new Christmas EP they just released, right? We do, yeah. I'm really proud of that. It's, it's, uh, and it, it, you know what? It does tie into horror. Yes. And here's, and, and uh, I'm not sure how familiar with this EP you are, but it opens with William Shatner. Uh, That's right. It's featuring himself. William Shatner. That's right. So Shatner introduces us on the first track. Uh, I'll let the listeners choose if they want to listen to it without giving away the plot, but it's yes. pretty cool. Uh, he mentions me by name and so he kind of gives us a wish list of songs he wants to hear and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, so, so there's some horror there, uh, as well as we cover a song by one of my all time favorite bands, uh, it's a band called the damned and okay. they're pretty horror esque. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've got a song in the return of the living dead soundtrack and yes. uh, a few other things in that sort of world. And so, you know, even though it's a Christmas EP, it's still got a little bit of a horror, uh, uh undercurrent. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that those were, uh, some influences directly from yours truly. So, but of course, uh, yeah, yeah, but of course. So, and also, you know, having only been in the band for, uh, just slightly under a year and a half, it's cool to actually get a release out, right. uh, expedient, expediently. And then we, we put out the album, the devil, you know, which is also kind of the title track. Oh, so yeah. you know what? Let's tie it all together. The title yeah. track for the devil, you know, um, 
the album was recorded about six months before I joined. So even though I'm pictured and my name is on the album and I mean all the promotional videos, uh, I didn't actually perform in the recording of it. So just to clarify, but the <laughs> title track music video, the devil, you know, was directed by, uh, no, excuse me, produced by Felissa Rose. Okay. Who's the star of sleepaway. Camp. Yes. And nice. she's also done some videos for Slayer and a couple other bands, and also a good friend uh, who I met through again the horror convention scene. So, right. um, you know, it's tying it all together. It's a it's interesting how small the world increasingly it, gets. Right, it really is, and it, it's cool to get to talk because I'm just now honestly breaking into getting to uh, talk to these higher up people like you and Felissa Rose and Bill Mosley, Linnea Quigley, people like that. That's just been, yeah. you know, that's an awesome thing to be able to do. And here you are now. Like, it, it just gives me a lot of hope to know that if, if this is something you're passionate about and something that you really care about, the, the horror community is so open and so willing oh, to absolutely. accept. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'll be happy to recommend, you know, you you to anybody. So uh, if there's anybody that oh. I know, and, you know, we've got a mutual friend, I'd be happy to tell them that, you know, they should come on here and, and hang out with you. And, oh, that's and awesome, he, Ace. As, as a guy who does podcasts and, and and interviews pretty frequently you know there's times where i come on like oh this guy might not know what he's doing or whatever but so far i'm having a blast here so oh that makes you know. me so happy <laughs> that is that is awesome i gotta talk to you about some maybe maybe a scary road story um maybe something to do with a wicker chair and oh, uh, <laughs> oh okay so i assume that you've seen the adam green short right i did uh, yep. Yeah, but uh, uh, terif- wait, terrified? Is that what Hor- it was? Horrified. Horrified. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> oh, yeah, Uh-oh. horrified. Yeah, Adam Green, uh, the, if the people listening are familiar, uh, the uh, Frozen film, not the animated Disney movie, but the horror <laughs> movie Frozen, and uh, his his character, Victor Crowley, um, from Hatchet. He's the, the creator of the Hatchet franchise. Yes. Uh, Adam is also an avid uh, 80s hard rock fan and a horror convention guy. Yes. And we we have about 75 uh, points between us that we have in common, um, <laughs> in, including he just last weekend wrapped up his Save a Yorkie 48-hour uh, podcast marathon, and I was out of town for it. And it's the third year where I, uh, I've been on the last three years. I was really bummed I couldn't be on it. But anyways, if you're listening and you're not familiar with Adam Green, and his um, films, I, I highly recommend them, especially the Hatchet franchise. Absolutely. But uh, so yes, yeah, so I was on one of his web shorts, horrified. Uh, that story uh, was when I was in Murphy's Law, who's a, uh, I would say a legendary New York hardcore punk rock band from. Oh, I think yeah. they started in 1980, so they're on their 40th year. Uh, I played with them for a few months when I was in my early, uh, maybe early to mid twenties mm-hmm. and we were, we were in Japan and long story short, uh, you know, I don't want to take away from the podcast. I would definitely recommend watching the video because the yes. way they, they did it is pretty clever, but the horrified episode, but long story short, the promoter didn't have the money and we did some sort of, uh, gangster ass shit where we, <laughs> the, the tour manager basically punched this guy who was sitting in a wicker chair so hard that he busted through the chair. Uh, and, uh, I don't think he peed his pants, but he might have, it was, it was very, it was very like, I mean, when you're, when you're talking, you know, someone owes you 15, $20,000 of after mm-hmm. doing, you know, uh, let's say 10 shows, yeah. uh, or whatever, you know, you got it. We got to get paid, you know, Absolutely. It's, it's not, it's not just, you know, 
you know, willy nilly will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, mother motherfuckers got to get paid. And Damn when you're right. dealing with, first of all, our tour manager was a member of the Yokuza. I don't know if you know if everyone knows who that is, but that's the the the, the gang of Japan. Yes, they are the it's like the mafia. They run that country. Yeah. So uh, you don't fuck with these people. No. And on top of it, and on top of it, it was a bunch of New York hardcore guys who were also uh, without talking out of turn here. These these guys are not, you know, these guys are tough. Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. So. You know, it was an interesting experience in my career, and there were so many stories from that that point in my life. But interesting enough, I, I it just seems like a flash in a pan as far as all the other things I've experienced in the in the twenty year career I've had here. <laughs> Let's see. So everybody definitely needs to go check out that Adam Green short. It is awesome. Uh, you can just look that up on YouTube. Just honestly, you YouTube Ace Von Johnson, and it's one of the first things that'll pop up. Yeah, yeah. Type in Ace Von Johnson and Horrified, it'll come right up. And yes. then any of the other shorts in that series, because I think he's done a few seasons of it. Yes. They're all really funny. And they're all like short. They're all like three to five minutes. And I like his mostly, stuff. Yeah. I, I, no, I really, I just really like his stuff. I, I like his web series and his shorts that he does. Yeah, and like the scary sleepover stuff. Yes, the scary sleepover yeah. is my favorite. <laughs> those, those are great. If you're if you're listening, Adam, I love you, and you do funny stuff. Yeah, you do do funny stuff, at do do. You you do funny stuff, Adam, and I also like you. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go from doing that, being this huge rock star, being this horror guy, and you are such a huge animal advocate, especially pit bulls and dogs and things like that, which is huge to my heart. I'm a huge animal advocate. I try to do uh, benefit shows for some of the local rescues and things around here. So how did you kind of get started in all of that? Um, I guess it's just really easy to say that it's just kind of my dog's fault. Um, <laughs> I've always, even since I was in my late teens, done like a lot of, um, I don't know what you call it, like charitable work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just... I guess, I guess I've always been a proponent of anything like that, you know, giving back in any, in any form, um, you know, and, and the kind of joke I've made out of it is I tell people like, Oh, there's more to life for me than just sex, drugs and rock and roll. And so, um, I, you know, and I don't, I don't do drugs and, yeah. you know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm probably having just as much sex as the next average person. So, you know, <laughs> there's, there's other things in my life besides just being like, you know, Oh look, I'm this tattooed guy in a band like that. I just, right. I want there to be, I want to give more to Absolutely. my, you, you know, to my, uh, name than being like, Oh, it's some guy in a band. Absolutely. And so I'm happy to use what little, uh, clout or notoriety or whatever you want to call it. I don't know to, uh, you know, causes. And, I, uh, I'm pretty much at this point doing something daily, whether it's networking or uh, I, I do a lot of like, um, I guess it would be considered networking too, but I'll get someone almost daily, if not multiple people will go, Hey, my name's Joe and I'm in Poughkeepsie and I found this dog and I don't know what to do with it. And then I got to go, okay, I know some people in upstate New York who do I know that would, you know, and I'm connecting a lot of dots. So stuff like that. And, 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 there's nothing to gain from it other than I'm just trying to, I guess, just be a better human being by doing it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it, 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 the weird thing is that like, I don't like to talk about it because I feel like, uh, 
it's it's nothing I'm doing for like social brownie points. I'm doing it because that's just what I want to do. And so, uh, you know, um, and then then that being said, it's like, then where do I go from there? What I do want to talk about, what I don't want to talk about. Uh, I've always been a fan of the underdog and I've had two pit bulls before. Mm -hmm. And with my first one, um, uh, gypsy, Mm -hmm. uh, I, learned firsthand how uh what a negative stigma the the dogs that these dogs have you know people oh i don't like those dogs or you know get people like would look at my dog across the street or you know they pick up their 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 kid or their dog Mm -hmm. and the thing is with with pit pit bull types um because i like to dispel the myth that they're a a specific breed because they're not it's a type uh it's like saying i'm from europe well, it's like, well, where uh, Austria, France, <laughs> right. Germany, you know, that's, uh, you know, England, where that's all Europe. Yes. So, uh, there are a lot of, there are, uh, depending who you ask, there are four to seven breeds that fall under the umbrella of the term pit bull type. Oh, wow. So that, that being said, um, it's basically at this point, a lot of it is just any dog with a boxy shaped head and a muscular physique. And when you mm-hmm. think about it, that's not a, a way to d- differentiate a breed. That's just a, no. uh, some some traits. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, and I just saw a Dojo Argento in person the other day, which is, a, I think, a Spanish type of, of pit bull. Uh, and I'd never seen one in person. And it looks nothing like my dog. Nothing. <laughs> and it's, it's also considered a pit bull. So huh. my girls in Amstaff, uh, Myla, who's named after Myla Nermi, aka uh, Vampira. Yes. And um, who I'm also, I won't, I can't even get into Vampire. I've had an obsession since my dad made me watch. <laughs> I was like nine. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so I had Gypsy and uh, for a few years, and she still uh, lives with a, an ex girlfriend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, who's also a musician. I'm not going to even go into that. Gotcha. And uh, and. And then I got Mila on my own about six years ago. Actually, six years ago uh, on on Saturday. Oh, so wow. this this week, um, and uh, so my dog now Mila um, kind of influenced the whole thing just because um, even though I was a pit bull advocate before I had her, mm-hmm. um, I think with just the direction my or not direction but wherever my career started going when I got the dog, mm-hmm. um, I was. Uh, associating more with a lot of people in rescue and uh, attending events and just trying to be a proponent of not only dog rescue, but just, uh, you know, there really is this plight of the pit bull. I mean, they've been maligned here in this country over the last uh, 20 or 30 years. And it's interesting because um, whenever I, if I'm going to argue with someone about something or, or, or go on a tangent about something, I always like to know what I'm talking about. Right. Like if you ask me about football, I go, I don't know anything about football. I'm not going to, you know, it doesn't do yeah. any good to try to discuss it with you because I know nothing. Right. But when I discuss um, pit bulls with people or, or dog rescue or dogs in general, you know, obviously in this case, the pit bull types, I really want to make sure that the information I'm doling out or discussing with people is as factual uh, and true as possible. So Absolutely. I've really, there's a, a website called, uh, I think offhand, I think it's called pitbull info, excuse me, pitbullinfo.org. Okay. Uh, and it's super non-biased and it is statistically every piece of information you need to know about the dogs. And it, and, and the thing is, is that, um, 
I feel like the term pit bull has become like a hot topic where you'll see, and I've encountered it multiple times. You'll see a uh, local boy bit by pit bull. Right. And, and, and you'll go and you'll read the article and buried at the bottom. They'll be like, uh, six-year-old child was pulling on dog's tail the dog nipped the child's hand uh-huh. no medical no medical attention was needed right. uh, also there's no photo of the dog and it just becomes like one of those things where it's like well if we put pitbull uh people will go oh see you know it's like uh-huh. it, it, it's it's like a uh, there's like a term for it and i can't remember what it is but it's like a like a buzzword like a like a buzzword thank yeah. you it's like a buzzword and i yeah. fucking hate that and yeah. i read this someone uh sent me this thing about you know pitbull runs into local uh uh kindergarten playground and terrorizes children and i read the article and the article was saying a stray dog got into a playground and all the children played with the dog (laughs) until an adult came and took the dog do you know what happened a kid got knocked down and scraped his knee some kid does, and they they sensationalize it and made it sound in the headline like wow. this dog was terrorizing these right. children. But what it really should have said is, uh, "Local children play with stray dog until owners come to claim it." <laughs> it was it was like a it was like a, a happy story, but yeah. the fucking headline made it sound like something awful happened. And it was sent to me, and I'm gonna get all pissed off it was sent to me by someone who was going these dogs are terrible look this one attacked a child and then you read the article and it's saying there was no 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 one went to a hospital no one was injured it was a and and on top of it guess what no fucking photo it could have been a it could have been any dog could have been and that's what what frustrates me is that any short-haired dog that looks muscular to go that's a pitbull right it's a it's a it's a bad dog and i i hate that because the you're more likely to get struck by lightning than you are to be uh, substantially injured by a pit bull. I'm not talking about if you approach a dog and it's it's barking at you or showing its teeth, mm-hmm. and you get bit and you get bit by that dog. That could be a German Shepherd. That could be a Chihuahua. Which, mind you, both those dogs have a worse temperament than pit bull type dogs. Oh, absolutely. Dogs. Statistically speaking, by the AKC and the and the uh, 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 CDC. The statistics of pit bulls, you're more likely to get bit by a myriad of other breed, uh, breeds of dogs. But the problem is, is that the umbrella of pit bull, the reason their statistics are as high as they are, is because instead of going, oh, one in a hundred German shepherds might bite you, but one in 50 pit bulls might bite, bite you, which is a lower uh, percentage. But that's because there are seven different breeds that they're considering as pit bulls. Does that right. make sense? Yes. No, hundred percent. So, so the statistics might be higher, but that's because instead of it's like going, well, there's more people in Texas than there are in Alaska, but you're more likely to get shot in or whatever that making an awful analogy here. But if you read <laughs> the information about it, you'll see that they're no worse or better than any other type of dog. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we've decided to make them the bad guy is actually our fault. Yes. And the reason is, is because people have taken these dogs and turned them into guard dogs or f- even fucking worse, fought them. Uh-huh. So there's this, this, these types of dogs or, or this slight small percentage of them that have been abused. That's, I don't know what else to call it, right. into only knowing awful things. Absolutely. And the reason that these dogs initially were so uh, revered 
in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s, before they were uh, maligned at all, was that they were so obedient and so eager to please and so such good family pets. Yeah. And there's this myth about them being the nanny dog, which I can get into that whole thing too, which I think is just a also like a like not a buzzword, but it's just a, yeah. Uh, I think it's sort of a farce, but that doesn't mean that they're not great with kids because I can speak firsthand that they're wonderful with children. However, we trained the, you know, they were, they're terriers, they were ratters. So they were, you know, initially in the turn of the century, they were trained to go after animals. That being said, we bred them in the last 50, 60, 70 years to be companion pets. And of those dogs, bear with me here, the, the slight percentage that are still uh, have, let's just say, some fight in them. Those are the ones that these pieces of shit humans are are looking for. And the countless, the other ninety nine percent of them that don't want to fight and don't want to do anything other than just be a dog and be loved. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that these pieces of shit trainers like Michael Vick, who should still be in fucking prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, are those are the ones that they take and throw in the pit and they make them the bait dogs. Mind, right. I've had a bait dog before. I have a, a girlfriend who has a bait dog and it's oh, wow. so fucked up. And, and the analogy I use is I go, you know what? I got beat up in high school by an Asian kid one time. It doesn't mean I see every Asian person. I think they're going to murder me. Right. So I, I don't understand that logic when it comes to these dogs, because if you, if you knew, if you took the time to do the research or read anything that wasn't, biased um there's a organization out there a few of them that have a political agenda against these dogs Mm -hmm. and as i've done serious research i've learned that these are people that are now having money exchanged through their hands in order to continue this weird uh agenda that seems like Yes, I understand that people have been bitten by dogs, and there's people, there are children that have died. And guess mm-hmm. what? It's not just pit bulls that have done that. Right. These are animals. So if you're going to get an animal, if you're going to get an anaconda, or you're going to get a, a large cat, or you're going to get a large dog, mm-hmm. you have to be a responsible owner. 100%. So if you're if you're some jackass and his dog is not well trained or not well mannered or behaved. That should fall on the person. That shouldn't fall on the – and maybe the dog and the dog needs to be euthanized. That shouldn't fall on an entire breed or, in this case, breeds. Right. That's, again, like saying this one uh, European guy stabbed somebody, so all Europeans are bad. Right. It just doesn't work that way. No. So that's my – and now I'm all pissed off at either. <laughs> that's my – Besides rock and roll and horror movies, that's my biggest passion is to dispel these things. And it, it does make me really happy, a, a lot of the uh, dog rescue yeah. community and, and, and pit bull community. That's how Linda Blair and I met. Was she, oh. We were on a plane together. She said, are you the guy? Because we were doing this con together, as to mention. She said, are you the young man with the with the beautiful pit bull I've seen in some, some photos? I said, yeah. And that's how we got to talking. So, you know, Damn. I just really want anyone that's got any doubts to actually do the their research. proper homework before yeah. they go. Oh, I saw some buzzword article that said these dogs are all bad. And, right. And 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 it's interesting because they're they're one of the they used to be in World War Two they were the most uh, they were America's I uh, an icon. Uh, like we used the pit bull uh, a pit bull's image as a as like a show of strength and and it was mm-hmm. like our our uh, I keep saying icon but like our. Uh, <laughs> 
like a simple, uh, like yeah, like what, a, what, what a what a lot like our mascot. Yeah, even the most decorated dog in, in war history was uh, Sergeant Stubby, I think, and he was a pit bull type dog. Yes, you know. So, and and now they're taking these. Um, and I hate to go so deep in this, but something obviously I really care about. Yeah, they they they're taking dogs, they're taking pits out of shelters because, and that's the other thing is the reason the statistics are even as high as they are is because for every you know two Labradors you see in a shelter, you're going to see a hundred fucking pit bulls. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. So you know they're they're overbred and people are breeding them to fight and breeding them for the wrong reasons. Right. And and you know I really want to see that. Just, that end and yeah you know cur- curbing the uh you know spay and your dogs and, and, and curbing the over uh population and whatever and these right. things won't happen and responsible pet ownership and blah 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 going yeah. on and on. but no but, i love uh, it i love your passion about it and it, i mean you can tell that you're very passionate about it and it's something to be passionate about and people should just do their research yeah yes. absolutely uh, that's all you know that's at the end of the day you know if you don't like dogs fine i don't care but right. it just it really irks me when people are like oh those dogs are mean or those they're, those are bad dogs i'll tell you what man you'd be hard pressed to find a sweeter dog than my dog and, <laughs> and my so, and I, and I'm happy to bring her around hollywood i take her to events all the time oh people yeah are always blown away like wow what a sweet <laughs> dog i go exactly See, you know that is awesome that really is i so ace I want to ask you to let the people out there know where they can find you. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. My uh, my favorite outlet, uh, as far as social media goes, is uh, is probably Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Everything is at uh, Ace Von Johnson. A C E V O N J O H N S O N. Actively working with LA Guns right now, and everything with LA Guns. I think uh, Twitter and Instagram is just at LA Guns, and uh, you can look for us on the road and all of 2020 pick up that christmas ep and yes you know the band's got 35 years worth of material to check out so there's all that too <laughs> heck yeah well ace would you tell people out there to listen to scared stupid absolutely you should all listen to scared stupid keep listening here and 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 check out some uh, horror movies check out Baba Duke if you haven't seen that i'm still really a big fan of that movie and uh yes you know keep the keep the horror community alive and kicking or uh dead and undead and kicking yes spoken like a true master ladies and gentlemen ace von johnson ace thank you so much for joining us today and we'll definitely be in touch because we're going to want to get you back on here absolutely and thank you so much for having me thank you ace you have an awesome night buddy